Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you through the world of sports on this Saturday morning. The Mojo Sports Show is brought to you by Bay Ragney and Totally Driven Entertainment Network, dedicated in bringing you total entertainment. On today's show, we have a packed show today. We'll be going, we started a little early today, we'll be going to about 11.30-ish today. So we got a lot to get in in the two and a half hours. I'm going to do my, uh, my fantasy football rankings. So that'll be exciting. We're going to go position by position, PPR, IDP. We're going to go through every position, give you like the top 15, 20, throw some sleepers in there, get some people I'm in leagues with maybe listening, so I can't give all my sleepers on the air, but I'm going to give as many as I can. But we're going to go through all that, have some fun. We'll take some calls, too, if anybody wants to ask questions about potential picks or, or keepers or trades or whatever. We could definitely talk. We're going to have a nice little fantasy football segment. We're going to be talking about, a lot of, you know, some of the preseason. We're going to be talking about Ezekiel Elliott, the situation, as the decisions expected early next week. Will it get reduced? Will it stay at six? I think it gets reduced to four at least, maybe three. Some, I know the NFLPA filed a suit now to try to get it dismissed completely. I don't think they can completely dismiss it. It just won't be a good look. It's not something you have to do. I, I just don't think the – but if they, I think it will at least get cut in half. So we're going to get into all that. Obviously, we're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk some Yankees, Sox, as the big series in the Bronx. And, uh, you know, the Yankees, last night they, lose it, they lost. After a nice win the other night, the Yankees came out flat last night. They just didn't hit last night. And uh, Gray gave up a few home runs, four runs, all on home runs. And, uh, you know, the Yankees, again, they didn't really hit last night. So, tough loss for them. And, you know, the wild card has gotten really tight now. All of a sudden, you know, they're up them in Minnesota ahead, but you got the Twins, the Orioles, I mean, the Angels and the Orioles right there. Now, like, within two games in the lost column, I believe, or three. If the Yankees are three in the lost column ahead, and then the, and the let's see, yeah, so the Yankees got 63 losses, Twins got 64, and then you have Orioles and Angels, 66. So the Angels looked a tough one last night. If they're coming back to tie it at nine, they lose it. Petrosian was wild. Late in the game, he walked three guys a wild pitch. That's how the winning run scored. It was 10-9 to Texas. Texas, as well, is right there, 67. So they're only four outs. So it was a big win for Texas. Kansas City, 67 in the lost town, four out. And Tampa, five out of 68 with Seattle. So it's very tight in the AL wild card. And uh, so the Yankees now five and a half back of Boston. We're going to talk about that game. We're going to start off with baseball. We'll also talk about, you know, whatever we can talk about the best. Obviously, not much to talk about these days, but – 
Obviously, they didn't play last night after, obviously, the unfortunate incident that's going on in Houston and, you know, with the hurricane and just it's insane what you're seeing there. And it really puts into perspective everything. We go here, we go crazy about sports and all this stuff. But meanwhile, you look over there and, you know, makes you realize sports is staying as important as what's going, you know, what's going on in real life. We get all mad and everything over our teams. But, you know, when you look what's going on in Houston, I mean, the whole city underwater, it's just, it's just it breaks your heart to see. But, you know, the Mets will be playing two in Houston as they return home to play. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of environment that's going to be tonight today for a doubleheader. So obviously Houston, try, you know, they're raising money. J.J. Uh, Watt raised over $15 million already, which is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Houston went out. They got Verlander this week. They got Cameron Maiden. So Houston doing a lot, too, to try to, you know, cite the city because it's just the tough times that's going on there. So we're going to talk about all that. Obviously, the Mets Conforto surgery to be out four to six months now with shoulder surgery, just another injury. I, it's just amazing what's going on there. I, it's just, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say anymore with the Mets injury. So we're going to talk about that. Obviously, there's some other trades up in and Brandon Phillips to the Angels and some big trades as well. Mike Leak to Seattle. So we're going to talk about that. So much to do today. We got boxing. We're going to talk about the post fight. Obviously, Mayweather stops McGregor in the tenth round. We're going to talk about that fight as well. And NBA, the Tyree Irving trade is finally complete. So we're going to touch on that as well. And uh, you know, my thoughts on that. You know, you'll get my thoughts on that. But uh, some comments made by Irving yesterday, I don't really agree with. But whatever. Listen, these guys do what they want now in the NBA. They dictate where, when they're going to play, when they're going to get traded. It's just pretty amazing. So. All that being said, let's kick this off. Let's talk this off. We're going to start it off with some Yankee baseball. And obviously the Yankees, tough loss last night. As, you know, they really look at gain some ground on Boston. And, you know, they come out flat 4-1 loss. Obviously Sonny Gray gave up the home run. Doug Fister, what a year he's having. I mean, since they picked up Doug Fister. Remember the Mets were talking about picking Fister up early in the year. But Fitz has really turned his season around. I mean, he started off, he got rocked a couple of times. But he's, you know, four and seven only. But what he's been giving Boston lately has been unbelievable. He's been doing a great job for the Red Sox. And Addison Reed pitched the eighth. Kimball obviously lights out in the ninth as usual. And uh, that was it. I mean, Sonny Gray, seven innings, five hits, one walk. And nine strikeouts with four runs. You know, the long ball killed him. Obviously, the two-run home with a Nunez started it and then, then attendee hit hit one out, and then Hanley Ramirez. I mean, yeah, Hanley Ramirez had an opposite field shot. So that was really it for the Yankees. They really couldn't muster much offense. They got the run in the bottom of the first, but nothing after that. They had two hits in the first, and then two hits the rest of the game. So they were completely shut down. And now they're five and a half out. And you know, with next, you know, at, at some point, you know, they split these two games. It's going to be really hard to catch Boston at this point. And, uh, you know, they really need to just start winning games to get this wild card because they have teams breathing up their neck. Baltimore pulled out a one nothing winning extra innings last night to stay right there. I mean, I, I, like I said, the Angels lost a tough one, but Texas is right there with the Angels. Seattle's getting King Felix back in the next week or so. So that'll be big for them. Kansas City, they're always – Kansas City's always scary that they can, you know, make a run at any time. We know that, you know. 
Obviously, Boston with the five-and-a-half game lead. You got Cleveland with an eight-game lead over Detroit. Cleveland just rolling. They swept two double-headers this week, one from the Yankees and one from Detroit. So they're just rolling right now. And obviously, we talked about Houston, who hasn't been playing the best of baseball, but now they have, you know, obviously their minds on something else, what's going on in Houston. But they went and they made big trade for Verlander, which is definitely going to help them. I mean, you look at their staff now going in the playoffs. But they got Carlos Correa coming back tomorrow. So Houston, you could definitely see Houston uh, turning around and getting hot. So the American League wild card is, is you know, the divisions are pretty much, the Yankee, the AFC, you know, the AL East is pretty much still, it's not over. Obviously, it's only five and a half games. But, you know, when you look at it, we got 20-something games left for the Yankees. Got one third. 28 games left, it's going to be hard, especially if they don't win the next two. If they win the next two, then they got a shot. But, you know, it, it's it's getting dicey there as far as the division. But they just got to try to hold on to the wild card at this point. So, and then you look at the NL, obviously, the Brewers have been re- playing really good baseball, getting back in it. They're three and a half behind the Cubs, but they're right in the wild card mix. Now, I mean, Arizona and Colorado has pretty much had the wild card seemingly locked up. Now, all of a sudden, Colorado's only two in the loss column out of the Brewers. So now, like I said, if these teams start losing some games, it could get interesting, and they have. The Rockies are now lost four out of their last – well, four and six in their last ten. The Diamondbacks have gotten hot. They won eight in a row now. So, Diamondbacks, they just swept the Dodgers. The first time the Dodgers got swept full year. The Diamondbacks, and then they go out and beat the Rockies for the strength. So right now, the Diamondbacks are playing as good as anybody, and they have six-game lead in the lost column over the Brewers. Then you have the Cardinals, who are right there as well, only two more back, so they're four back in the lost column. And then you, you, you look at you look at teams like the Marlins, who just lost two games, two out of three to the Phillies, which I mean, two, two games to the Phillies, which, you know, that hurts them because the Marlins were right there. The Marlins were within a couple of games as well. So now, obviously, Stanton has just been unbelievable. It's 51 homers now. To me, he's the MVP of the National League. I don't care what the team's record is. The, the Harper was the guy until he got hurt. Right now, you, you know, it's got to be Stanton right now. But I know you have Goldschmidt. You can, you can mention Goldschmidt in the mix. You can mention Arenado, obviously, and you can mention Bono. But to me, Stanton is the guy right now in the NL. MVP and then the AL MVP, Altuve isn't going to get it now. Judge has cooled off too much to even get it now. Trout was hurt; he missed too much time, I think, to be able to get it. So I think it's going to be Altuve and Stanton, in my opinion. And then if you look at the Star Young race right now, we have Scherzer, Kershaw, and Gio Gonzalez. And actually, the problem is Kershaw is great. You know, came back last night to another great game. And the Dodgers have won 16 straight Kershaw starts. And he's got one nine six ERA. The problem I think is that he missed so much. He missed a month. It could come back and hurt him. Scherzer's probably going to get it. I think Scherzer's been, and he missed a couple of starts too. But I mean, if Kershaw didn't get hurt, Kershaw was going to win it easy. There's no doubt in my mind. Gio Gonzalez is another guy who's just having an unbelievable year. Then you look in the AL. I mean, you got Kluber and Sale really going neck and neck. And I say, I'll say Severino. You know, he's, he's probably third right now in the, in the AL. And Severino's put some gear together. He really has. So, you know, we'll see We'll see what happens there in the American League in the wild card, in the Cy Young and the MVP race. I mean, that's still to be determined. We've still got 30 something games left. But a couple other things going to talk about the Yankees. Obviously, Sambathia was upset the other day about Cleveland bunting. Now, I think that's a little ridiculous. Okay, because. 
you have a bad knee, you don't field your position well, so a team's not supposed to bump for a hit if they can. I mean, what's, what's up with that? So, so now you're saying, all right, well, then the Sox did something back, and then he's like, well, if they want to meet me in center field, I mean, come on. So Matthew's talking a big game, but, I mean, you know, you can't expect people not to bunt if they want to bunt. I mean, I seen the Detroit fight last week, and I didn't see exactly Sabathia uh, acting so tough during that fight. I seen him laughing, actually, during that fight. So he should be calling out. First of all, he's a grown man. He's calling people out because they get bunting because you can't field your position. And you got to you know, learn how to field your position. And then they won't bunt. I mean, did you see people like David Ortiz complaining when uh, teams played the shift all the way to the right side of the field on? I mean, that's a little ridiculous by Sabathia. And I like Sabathia. I always like Sabathia. That's a ridiculous thing to say. I mean, you're mad because they made you feel the bunt? I mean, who are you? And you can't run after a bunt? Everybody could. So that was a little weird to me. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, you look at it now, like I said, last night, obviously Baltimore won nothing. They won in 13 innings, a big win. Texas 10-9 over the Angels. Obviously, Tampa Bay... Keeps their hopes alive 3-1 over the White Sox. Kansas City 7-6 over the Twins. That's another big series. You have, you know, Seattle won 3-2 over Oakland. So these teams all stayed alive. They all won and the Yankees lost last night, So except the Angels. So the Yankees definitely, today they need a win, the Yankees, in the worst way. They have to get out. They have to get a win. Today's match, Tanaka versus uh, Pomerantz today. So it's definitely a game the Yankees have to try to get. It's at 1 o'clock today, too, so it's a day game today. So Prominence 14-4 and four with a 3-2-3 array, and Tanaka 10-10 with a 4-6-9 array. Tanaka's been a disappointment this year. And does have 10 wins. So we'll see. We'll see that. The rest of the AL, let's, race. let's see who's playing. Who the Blue Jays, Orioles, tonight, Stroman versus Miley. That's a big game right there. Rays need the game. White Sox, Archer against Wildone. Tonight at 7-10, Royals Twins, Onelki Garcia versus Kyle Gibson. That's at 7-10 tonight. Angels Rangers at 7-15, the last goal at A.J. Griffin. A's at Mariners, Cotton versus Gallardo. So all big games in the AL today. There's the Yankees on the first game of the day, so the Yankees need to try to get that win and put some pressure on these teams to win. If the Yankees lose again tonight, all of a sudden these teams win tonight. It's getting really dicey for the Yankees. So they definitely need a win today. The NL Harvey makes his return for the Mets today. The doubleheader with Houston, 210 Harvey versus Charlie Morton. Now, is that a day-nighter? Yeah, it's a day-nighter, so it's not a back-to-back game. And the nightcap is Lugo versus Peacock at 8 o'clock. And then you've got the Diamondbacks, Rockies, Corbin versus Gray. Big game tonight. Marlins will need the game. Shirelli versus Nola at 7-10 against the Phillies. Nationals, Brewers, Scherzer versus Woodruff. Brewers have won two straight over the Nationals. Big win yesterday. Jimmy Nelson with a great game, 11 outduels, kind of roll off to get last night. And then we have, obviously, the red-hot Indians. I mean, Corey Kluge at 13-4 against the Tigers. Jordan Zimmerman has been miserable this year, 8 11 with a 6080 RA, $100 million contract. The guy's got a 6080 RA. Unfortunately, they had a load Burley. Nobody's going to take Zimmerman's contract. And then the Dodgers, you Darvish, and it's Jordan Lyles. And last night, Kershaw makes his return, and he looked awesome as usual. 
if they're getting swept by the Diamondbacks, a one nothing win, he pitched six innings. They, you know, they wanted to keep his pitching, his pitch count down. You know, they were four to seven over their last eleven games, and the rotation carried a six ERA in that span. So getting Kershaw back is really more than just an emotional lift. It's they just need him in there, and you know, through seventy pitches, fifty three for strikes. So he just had an unbelievable game last night. So it's good to see Clayton Kershaw back. Obviously, it's good for baseball. You know, you see guys hurt all around the league, and it's pretty crazy. You don't want to see great players hurt. Whether your team's playing these teams or not, you don't want to see guys hurt. I mean, you know, that's not baseball. You want to see these guys playing. You know, Frank Harper, a lot of people, oh, Harper, I hate Harper. Harper's one of the faces of baseball. You should want Bryce Harper hurt. I mean, that's not, that's not good for baseball. Have a Bryce Harper hurt. You want Bryce Harper playing. I mean, that's, you know, you know, it makes me laugh when people say that. They're like, oh, I, you know, who cares about Bryce Harper? Let him get hurt. I mean, who cares? He's part, of, he's part of the faces of baseball. Why would you want Bryce Harper hurt? You know, it makes no sense to me. So, we'll see. As, like I said, the races are getting tight. The wild card in the American League is really tight. So all this is going to determine now who's going to be, who's going to get the right to face most likely Houston. But then again, it's got really tight. Their home field has gotten really tight as well. As you look at, as you look at this on the American League, in Houston 53, Cleveland 56. So Cleveland's only three behind Houston for home field right now. So, you know, Cleveland's surging. Houston hasn't been playing good. So we'll see what happens there. But anybody wants to talk some baseball, 718-508-9883 is the number to call. Obviously, we got uh, a lot of baseball today we're going to talk, but we're going to talk a lot of football as the day goes on. We're going to do my fantasy football. Definitely going to touch on the boxing match, and we're going to talk on touch a little NBA as well. But, uh, but right now, it's, it's right now for the start of the show. We're going to do some baseball. Like I said, I touched on the pennant races. You know, obviously the trade. You know, Verlander to Houston is a big move for Houston. And then Houston claimed Maven off waivers, which was a nice move for them as well. And then you look at, you know, Upton and Phillips to the Angels. So these teams are lowing up. They're trying to make a run. Their teams are hot. I mean, look at the Angels lineup now with Trout. You know, Trout. Upton and Polos, and Polos with four more RBIs last night. You know, they've got a scary middle of the order there with a knocking runs there. So it's a good move for the Angels. They're getting Garrett Richards back this weekend. So, you know, these teams are ready to make money. Yankees need to really kick it in gear. And we're going to hit the phone lines now with our first call of the day. Christine from Pine Bush, what's going on? Hey, Mojo. How are you doing? How are you? Good, thanks. I know you're not a happy fan this morning. No. Nope. You know, I don't you know. know. Like they were, they're just falling apart right in front of my eyes. I don't know what's going on with them. I just, I don't know. Well, it's like they just didn't hit last night, you know. No. They, they, you know, they had two hits in the first. They got the run, but then they did nothing afterwards. You know, they need guys. You know, Sanchez has been hot lately, but they need other people to step up. I mean, Judge, they need, really, they need Judge to go on one of his hot streaks again. Right now. I don't know what's going on with that kid. I know. I mean, you can't, I, I, like, I feel bad for him. And 
gets hits every now and again. It's not, but he just he keeps he just looks uncomfortable when he's up in the batter's box. He looks like he knows he's going to strike out or he knows he's going to pop out. Like I don't know, he doesn't look confident like he did at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's swinging at all the pitches he didn't swing at earlier in the year. Yeah, he's swinging so. at all bad pitches and. Uh, because, because you know. I was listening to them talk, and they said that he doesn't even see that many strikes. Like, they're not even throwing him that many strikes, but he's swinging at them. You know? Yeah, because they, they know he's going to swing at the pitches. That's the thing. I don't know. It's you know? Just, uh, it's, you know he's I lost feel all like... the plate discipline that he's had in the first half. He's lost. And, I mean, they're hitting. It's not like the team's not hitting. Didi's hitting. You know, Castro now is back. He's hitting. It's just that they're not hitting together. They're not getting the big hits. They're leaving bases loaded. They're leaving, you know, second and third, no out, and they can't get the run in. That's the problem. You know, I don't – they can't get the big hits. That's the problem. It's so frustrating because, yeah, you know? so honestly, at the beginning, before the all break, I, I thought to myself, this team's definitely going to win the World Series. They're, they're, not, no, they're unstoppable. And now, I don't know, like, I'm hoping they even make the playoffs. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, again, I think the biggest issue right now is, is that uh they get the pitching ain't in, pitching's been inconsistent and the hitting you know they've been hitting like you said so you really can't say they're not hitting you know but it just seems like something they're not you know ever since they swept the Mets they just haven't you know not that it's saying say much swept the Mets but they were playing good baseball at least in that series they're not right now they're not playing good baseball they're just there's something missing right now for the Yankees. And, yeah, I don't you know. know. And you can't really blame the pitching because their pitching's been been good. I mean, for the most part, CC's been good. You know, the well, CC's been Tony really Bush's good. Their middle relief has been shaky lately. And they're freaking closers between the Kansas and, and um, what's his name? Chapman. Um, Chapman, come on. You call those closers, man? Come on. Well, Chapman has been pretty much – Chapman's been out of the closer mix. He hasn't even been in a closer. Listen, Batanzas, for the last couple of weeks, he's been blowing saves and giving up runs in the ninth inning. He's been shaking. Well, he's been, he's been wild again. He got, he's gotten wild again. I mean, he freaking loaded the bases on three wild pitches the other night. Come on. It's, it's it's ridiculous. Well, I think I think what has to happen, I think they just need to stop playing Yankee baseball again. I think they just need to uh, they need to score some runs. They need to, you know, they just need to, uh, you know. And then confident either. You could see it in them. They 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 they're all like they all look like they got like punished or you know scolding. It's got to start. It's got to start with today with Tanaka. They need a good game out of Tanaka today. That's where it's all got to start. You know, so let's see what Tanaka could do today. Maybe Tanaka could uh, 
turn this around today for them. And then they got yeah, Severino got tomorrow. So Severino Severino has actually struggled against uh, Boston. He's got like a one and four ERA with a one and four record with like a five ERA against Boston. So Severino's really struggled against the Yankees. But yeah, well, listen we'll again. Honestly, let's see what like, happens. They got. I feel like listen, you know, even Chiefs. There's no reason been, to panic yet. You still got. You're still in. You're still in control. You still got a three game lead in the wild card. Over the over the, you know, know not making the playoffs. But, but honestly, the way they're playing, they still have what eleven games left, something like that. Yeah. Eleven or something like that, maybe a little more, two more. Boston. No total for the month. Oh no, they got twenty-eight games left. So. Oh, twenty-eight. Okay. Yeah, so there's a, still this a long way to go here. This is the last time they're going to see Boston, though, they, they said. This is the last yeah, time they're going to see Boston. Yeah, this is it for Boston. So, obviously, as far as making up ground, you know, that's the problem. It, it starts to go after this. If you want to make up ground against Boston, this is the time to do it. you got to beat them. And, listen, the Yankees can turn around and win the next two days, and then all of a sudden you're, you're only three out again. I mean, last I week they were two and a half out the other day. I just don't think. They were two and a half out the other day, and then they lost twice to Cleveland. Now they lost against the Boston. Now they're five and a half out. Like, it just blows my mind. It's like such a roller coaster. Yeah, and tomorrow night you got Sale versus Severino, so that's a good matchup, too. So, you know, that, that's yeah. a top, you know, big game tomorrow night. So today's a big game. If the Yankees win today, there's really some excitement in tomorrow's game. If the Yankees lose tonight, then you got to worry going into tomorrow's game. Because then if, you, if Sale throws a gem, now all of a sudden you're seven behind Boston, so that's over. And then you got to start worrying who's going to catch you for the wild card at that point. You know, but again, like you said, Sanchez is hitting, Didi's hitting, guys are hitting. They got Holiday off the DL. Maybe he could start. Maybe he can give them a spark. You know, Sanchez obviously is going to miss four games soon because of that suspension. And then, uh, you know, they really need Judge. Judge has got to get going. I mean, they need Judge to get going. That really, he's the guy they need. I mean, but if he start, if he goes on a home run tear, then the Yankees will be in good shape. It just seems yeah. right now he's he's all he's at like you said he's swinging at everything. He's out of whack right now, Judge. He's not, you know. He don't look like he looked in the first half of the year. That's cool. Yeah, no, he's he definitely does. You know. And I feel bad for him because you can see it on his face. You know, you can see it. Like, he's so mad at himself. And, you know, he's just a kid. I feel, you know, my heart goes out to him. But, man, we need him to hit, you know. I don't yeah, know. I'm hoping, hoping, I'm hoping, you know, let's say. Well, it takes a couple of big swings to turn it around, you know. Yeah. We'll see. I, I feel like as a Cowboys what? fan, what do you think of this Elliot thing? You think he's going to get it reduced? Who? Elliot? Yeah, the suspension. You think it'll go cut cost from six I down to like three or four? It, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I definitely do. Yeah, they always cut these down. There's no way he's serving six games, so it's definitely going to get cut down somewhere. Uh, I would say three. I think they're going to cut yeah, it in half. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to cut it in half. That's what I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hopefully. Maybe we'll... football here already. 
football is only a week. I away. know. Next week is so exciting. You know, then, I don't make... to... then I could call and talk to PDV. That's right. PDV will be on next week for the NFL season preview. Okay. So your man Khalif Taylor will be on too. Oh, good. I'll have to remind me. I'll have to call him. Yeah. And uh, and and Joe, Joe will be on as well. Oh, okay. So next week's going to be a football stack show for sure. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. All right. Well, you have a good show, seventy-five, huh? Seventy-five, huh? The numbers growing. Impressive. Impressive. Who would have known, eh? Who would have known when I started out? Here I go, 75. Working towards that 100 mark. Close and closer. That's it. All right. All right, thanks for calling as always. All right? Great job. Enjoy your day. Okay, you too. Have a good show. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Christine from Pine Bush calling in talking Yankee baseball as always. We'll give her a little little bit of time. reason to panic, Yankee fans. You're still three games up. Relax. I know it's getting close and it's getting tight, but you know what? Before the year, if somebody told you you'd be in this position, I'm sure you would have took it. So don't get too panicky. Hang in there. Your team's, your team's still in the wild card. I'm sure every Nets fan wishes their team was three games up in the wild card right now. So hang in there and uh, listen, you've got a couple of wins here and then all of a sudden you start feeling better. So let's not get... Let's not completely stop panicking yet. I know, I know a lot of Yankee fans right now are, are hitting the panic button, but no reason to. Because if you were the Mets, when you're the Mets, this is what the Mets are dealing with. Turn off the lights. The party's over. <laughs> they say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's over. And tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. So that's what you got with the match. The party's over. I mean, and it's been over for a while, and it's brutal, okay? And now, add insult to injury, you have Conforto facing potential shoulder surgery in about four to six weeks, four to six months, sorry. and they waited two over two and a half weeks. They still haven't gotten the surgery. So you're putting opening day in jeopardy if you keep waiting. I mean, it's just amazing. And then the Mets doctors are the ones that recommend it. I mean, would you take any advice from the Mets doctors? I, you know, after all their bad diagnosis through the years, I mean, so now, obviously, every, you lose all the pitches. 
which ain't bad enough. Everybody else gets hurt. Zespity's got the hamstring pulled. He's out for the year again. Everybody gets hurt. Now your bright young star is having a great year on his way to over 30 home runs, you know, bust out season, swings and misses, and dislocates his shoulder. It separates your shoulder. You can't make this stuff up. You just can't. And now you're looking at a four- to six-month timetable. Now supposedly there's a history of this that happened in high school, that happened in college. So now it's something you got to worry about with Conforto. It just amazes me. You think you finally got something, and look what happens. You know, what's going to happen next? Rosario is going to get – I mean, it's just – it's mind-boggling how – and I don't – you can't – oh, you can't blame the cra- – no, it's something you got to blame somebody because, you know what, this could start to work out and – Preseason, I mean, an exhibition, spring training. This is crazy. This amount of injuries to these many, this many people. Every, you know, the last two years, it's been insane. Somebody's got to be, you know, somebody's got to be held accountable for this. I'm sorry. Maybe they should change their training, and then they change their change their training methods. But then they come out and say, well, it's, it's none of our job trainers and jobs, and everybody's, you know, it's not that. It's somebody's fault when everybody's getting hurt. I'm sorry, it is. Can't just tell me all these guys are just getting hurt. They're just fragile. Oh yeah, they're all fragile. No, it, maybe it's something the way you're training your players. Because nobody else, listen, guys get hurt all over the league, but nobody gets hurt like that. I mean, they're getting guys hurt. They're getting like football injuries, non-contact injuries to that. Like, you know, guys. I see guys that get hurt. Like Harper got hurt going hard into the bag. Guys get hurt diving. These guys are getting hurt swinging. I, you know, I, I, you know. Pitching injuries are going to happen. Guys get hurt. I mean, there you go, Max again. I mean, it's, it's, it's a net fan. It's so brutal. Then you got $70 million coming off the payroll. And then you got to get all them come out already and start laying it down. Well, we're not really impressed with this year's free agent crop. What do you think that is? That's them telling you they're not spending any of the money. So $75 million coming off, they'll spend, like, not even half of it, and they'll sign all, like, mid-level players, because that's the Sandy Olison way. So sign all mid-level players, and it's going to be the same team. I think all this has to be held accountable. Obviously, injuries were a big reason they didn't win this year, but what did all this thing do? I mean, the bullpen is, was horrible. I was on this show saying before the season how horrible the bullpen, that the bullpen was going to be our biggest obstacle, and it's worse than I can even imagine the bullpen this year, okay? And then you count that with all the pitchers getting hurt and all the players getting hurt. You know, it's nice to see the young kids up, but, I mean, then they trade all their veteran players for basically nothing. So, you know, it's it's tough being a Mets fan right now. It really is. Hopefully they go out and spend. I doubt it. People say Moustakis. They're thinking of spending. They'll make an excuse not to sign him. Then they'll tell everybody they're waiting two years for Machado. Does anybody actually think they're going to spend $200 million on a player, on Machado? It ain't happening. They should, but they won't. Then you got Wright trying to come back, and now he's out again. I, I mean, when is he going to just call it a career already? I mean, Wright, we love you and all. You had a great career, but it's time to go. I mean, you're holding the franchise up right now. You're not playing again. The Mets will call Tebow up before they call Wright at this point. Speaking of Tebow, he's coming back next year. too. he said, the 18, he's going to play another year the minors with the Mets. Let's have another year like that this year. You're going to see Tebow on the meat majors next year because they're going to be desperate for ticket sales. And we all know they're all about the ticket sales. 
right now with the team they're throwing out there, you're not going to sell much tickets. Your two best players, you traded all your other good players, and your two best players are all hurt. Chesson is in Comforto. Dominic Smith looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy at first base. And I like him. I think he's got potential, but I mean, he's, he's old. And man, that kid, guy's big. For a young kid like that, he's big. And then Rosario, I love Rosario. I think he has the it factor. I'm not worried about Rosario at all. So I'm very happy with Rosario. But I'm worried about a lot of other things, including the rest of their team. The catcher position, brutal. Who's playing second next year? Who's playing third next year? Who's playing center field next year? It better not be Lagares. I've seen a lot. If anybody thinks Lagares is an everyday outfielder, they're they're drinking the Wilpon Kool-Aid, okay, because he's not an everyday outfielder. He's a nice backup, but he's not an everyday. Guy can't hit a lick. And it's just a matter of time the guy gets hurt diving for balls. See, the other day, again, through a ball, he slipped, he fell, he got up slowly. The guy is so fragile, it's it's amazing. So it's either they're going to go sign a real outfielder, like they bring Bruce back and move the four to the center, or they're going to move the four to the right and sign a real center fielder, like a Lorenzen Kane. But they got to do something. But right now, it's not looking good. And they're going to tell me, Starno, who's going to be the catcher again next year? you got to be kidding me. Their lineup's so bad that you have guys like Darno hitting fifth right now. I mean, that's how bad the lineup is. So... Harvey returns today. Another thing I don't understand, Syndergaard's about the rehab assignment tonight. Why the hell is Syndergaard pitching? Why is Syndergaard not sitting out the year? The rest him for next year. There, there is nothing to gain by pitching Syndergaard this year at all. He comes back and gets hurt right now. He will be the biggest uproar you'll ever hear. If Syndergaard gets hurt in this week and coming back now in September in a meaningless season. Harvey, I could see bringing back. He hasn't been, had much for two years, battling injuries. Next year's the last year of his contract. He's probably not going to be on the Mets beyond next year anyway. If he does good in September, they'll probably trade him this offseason. But Harvey, Harvey's long-term prognosis with the Mets ain't good. Syndergaard is. Syndergaard's one of the future players of this team. Him and DeGrom are going to be the two guys on the staff that you can hope to depend on for the next few years. Pitching Syndergaard now is the most dumbest move I've ever seen in my life. And they better, they better hope he don't get hurt. Because if he gets hurt, there's going to be a lot. They're going to have to deal with a lot if he gets hurt. Imagine he comes back now, he, needs, he gets hurt, he needs a major surgery, and he's out a while. He missed next, summer next year. I mean, it's why. Is all I'm asking is why. Why would you bring him back now? That's enough for the Mets. I, I can't even talk about the Mets much longer because I'll get aggravated if I keep talking about the Mets. So, all right, so we talked about the Yankees, the pennant race. We talked about trades, Verlander to Houston, obviously great move to Houston. Justin Upton. But Brandon Phillips obviously went to the Angels. Justin Upton to the Angels as well. You know, Astros got Cameron Wayman. Maybe they claimed him off waivers. 
That, that was another move that they basically got up for nothing. And, and that, that's also inside with the moves they made. They got up to Phillips, so they basically just let him walk for nothing because they weren't going to – they didn't want to pay – you know, they didn't want to give him any money, obviously. So they, they're not going to pay him. He's making, you know, whatever's left of his $9 million salary this year. They need to make this clear room to for Upton, obviously. Now, Upton has – interesting enough, Upton has an opt-out <clears throat> in his contract. He hasn't said whether he's going to opt-out this year. So we'll get to see if Upton plays for one more year then becomes a free agent. But Upton would be a nice bat on the free agent market if he does if he does make it there. So we'll see. We'll see if Upton decides to, to opt down and add himself to the free agent mix this off season. But a lot of interesting stuff that we worry about after the season. Right now, worrying about in season like we talked about the pennant races are heating up. In the AL, the NL wild card is heated up. <clears throat> You know, you got teams playing Arizona, playing great baseball. Dodgers get Kershaw back. Nationals hoping to get Harper back soon, but he hasn't even started running yet. So who knows when they're getting Harper back. I mean, they, they, I'm sure they want Harper back by at least mid-September so they could get him some at-bats before the playoffs. So we'll see if he can work his way back. I and mean, obviously they're lucky that he can even come back after seeing that injury that happened. It looked a lot worse than it ended up being. So we're going to... We'll see what happens with Harper, but tough, tough situation right now for the Nationals. And obviously, they need their best player on the field if they're going to make a run. They did get Trey Turner back, which was big for them, and you know, at the top of the order. But they need Harper at that. If they're going to make a run in the postseason, I mean, they got pitching. I mean, you got when you can throw Scherzer, Strasburg, and Gio Gonzalez out there in a playoff series, you got really good chance. But, you know, the Dodgers are going to have something to say about that. The Cubs are going to have something to say about that. And I'm sure the other wild card teams, like, you know, the way the Diamondbacks are playing, they're going to have something to say about that. So, again, the Dodgers just need to get healthy. Obviously, Kershaw and Darvish and Wood, you know, they're going to have ch- their chances as well. The Dodgers have been the best team all year. And the Cubs are getting hot at the right time. So, the Cubs are a team. You gotta watch out for it. Finally got a good game from Lackey yesterday. Arietta has one has one of the best ERAs in the league since the All Star break. So the Cubs with that lineup, you know, and obviously the experience from last year, the Cubs are a team. If they get hot, they could be very scary in the playoffs right now. So we'll see how that all plays out. But all right, so we're going to take a quick commercial, and when we come back, we're going to start touching on other things. We're going to take phone calls on anything, but we're going to start touching on uh, the boxing, the touching some college football, and then I'm going to get into my fantasy football rankings. So stay tuned for that. There's uh, a lot to still go on. We're going to go on to about 11:30 today, but a lot to cover in the next, say, hour and 45 minutes. We got a lot to get through, so we're going to start whipping through stuff when I come back. Be back in three minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. 
handwritten on 8.5 inch by 11 inch aged parchment paper and using smudge free ink to produce original high quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Mojo, and we started off, we did a lot of baseball so far in the first hour. <clears throat> We're going to switch it off a little some boxing right now. We're talking about the Mayweather-McGregor fight for a few minutes. So, obviously, it was a lot better fight than we all thought. It went longer than we all thought. Now, was it a, a great, great fight? Probably not, but it was entertaining enough 
It kind of lived up to some of the hype because at least McGregor hung in there for 10 rounds. It forced Mayweather to fight, which Mayweather usually doesn't feel like he fought him to come forward. And, you know, it turned into a pretty compelling fight, especially early. I mean, McGregor won the first two rounds. I don't think anybody could dispute that. Although two of the judges had Mayweather win the second round. I don't know how. He clearly barely did anything for the first two rounds. But then he settled in, obviously wore him out as predictable. Uh, McGregor ran out of steam, ran out of gas, and, you know, Mayweather picked him apart late and stopped him. And ref, I think the ref, I know a lot of people complained, complained about the stoppage and it might have been too soon, but it wasn't. It, it, you know, it was uh, – they did it right. I mean, he was going down. He would have went through the ropes. It actually saves McGregor face that he didn't go down if they stopped it this way. He was eventually going down. I mean, you could see it. You know, he, he, it was clear as day. And uh, let's listen to the end of the fight. He normally lands north of 50%. And our unofficial scorer, Steve Barhood, has it razor close, 86-85 from Mayweather. And, but again, oh, we're talking oh. about a guy in his first pro boxing fight. Oh. Here in round 10 against Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd Mayweather landing the right hands now at will. And tags McGregor again. Floyd Mayweather has McGregor on the ropes, literally and figuratively. How is the notorious one still standing? That's it. But I agree. I think the money fight delivered. I think it was a, a, lot, a better fight than everybody thought. It went 10 rounds. McGregor showed a lot of heart. He hung in there. He just literally ran out of gas. He's not a boxer. Mayweather is the superior boxer. You've seen it. And, you know, I, the thing I, you know, I, I noticed, too, at the end of the fight, it was clear to say that not only was he tired, McGregor, he had no idea how to defend himself. He had no idea how to tie up. He had no idea how to move his head. And that's just, you don't have the boxing experience. You know, the experience that Mayweather has is just uncanny. I mean, the guy's 50 and all. He's one of the best fighters of our time. You know, you've seen at the end when McGregor was getting hit with all those punches, he just couldn't, he couldn't tie him up. He didn't know how to tie him up. He didn't know how to grab him. He didn't know how to move his head. He, he, couldn't, he was just a target, basically a standstill target for a guy like Mayweather with, with his precise accuracy and the way he punches. It's just... To me, it was, he never had a chance at the end of that fight, obviously, to get out of that because I know some people are like, oh, he should have waited until he went down. Why? He was going down. He had no chance to win at that point. He was completely gassed. Why get hit with five, six more punches and knocked through the ropes? Is it really worth it? Because that's what was going to happen. Yeah, we would all love to see it continue. I would love to see a 12-round fight. But, you know, I think the ref made the small call there. I don't think, I don't think McGregor wasn't surviving the rest of that round. And he definitely wasn't going two more rounds after that. So I, I think they did a, a good thing. Now, you know, obviously, for Mayweather, he's going to retire 50-0. You know, some people are like, oh, well, you know, he didn't really beat a boxer. It shouldn't count. You know what? Everybody, obviously, it counts because, you know what? If it didn't count, people would have spent the money they spent to watch it. I mean, the money these guys made off this fight, you know, a guy here made $250 million. Some guy, you know, when all said and done. Mayweather made like $250 million, and McGregor made over $100 million. So, I mean, these guys, nobody's uh, crying for these guys right now, the money they made. Let's be real. And, you know, 
McGregor took it all in stride. He was great after the fight. He even did a post for whiskey after the fight. You know, he gave the credit where the credit was due. And, you know, listen, all that hype, cursing each other out, this and that, that's so hype. They're doing that to sell tickets. They know, first of all, McGregor does that every fight. McGregor always runs his mouth in every fight. So, you know, let, 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 let's get that clear. But it was, uh, listen, hyped up fight. It lived up to the hype. It went 10 rounds early on. Uh, McGregor's awkward style definitely kept him around. I mean, he had the jab. He was using that jab, but he was just the way he was moving to the side. He was switching south forward to conventional. The way he, he the way he just fought the fight, he fought it very uh he was very awkward and I think that's who made weather off early and he landed that uppercut, I'll tell you. That uppercut he landed in the first round, a little more to the left, hit some square on that chin, you never know what could happen. I mean he did catch him with that one uppercut. But Mayweather's too small. Mayweather rolls his head so good with punches. Kinda of like Holyfield. Holyfield always did that. When he got hit, he rolled his head so he, he wouldn't always get hit flush. And, uh, and a guy like Holyfield, as you know, obviously a completely different fight. Holyfield would stand there and take beatings to win fights. But Holyfield, all the punches he took, he had to roll his head. You know, the big punches he took, you know, obviously heavyweights as well. But I know a lot of people also were saying McGregor was, you know, oh, he looked shady. McGregor was shortening his punches. No, that's just how he punches. He's not a boxer. He's not, you know. You notice whenever they got in the clinches, he's punching on top of the head. His MMA instincts were taking over. But uh, so a couple of times I thought he was going to get docked the point for that, but he ended up, you know, not, which was good because I didn't want to see that. You don't want to see that happen in that fight. But again, McGregor has nothing to be ashamed of. He showed himself well, 10 rounds. Nobody really expected him to win. I mean, if it would have been bad for boxing, if they would have lost. And, uh, Listen, Mayweather's too skilled in a fight. He's not going to lose this fight. I, you know, it was nice for everybody to dream and think, oh, if an upset happens. But in reality, you've seen that, especially as the fight went on, it was just a, more, a superior boxer in the ring. I mean, Mayweather was a superior boxer. There's no way around it. But as last week when I spoke to Eddie Nancy, you know, Eddie, obviously Eddie thought maybe McGregor would catch him, but Eddie also said if it gets past the fifth, sixth round, then McGregor's in trouble, and it ended up being that. After the seventh round, he was completely gassed. He had nothing left in the last three rounds. And he almost got knocked out in the ninth round, and then in the tenth round, as you've seen, it was completely over. So, you know, he took some good punches. I'll give him credit for not going down. He's lucky Mayweather wasn't a bigger puncher, though, because if he was fighting a bigger puncher there, he might have... uh, he probably would have ate the canvas because he took some clean shots there. And it's just Mayweather's not a big, big-time puncher, you know, power puncher. Like, if he gets hit by a Triple G or one of those guys with those punches, he would have been out cold or Canelo. And that fight's coming up next week, Canelo and Triple G. That's another great fight. That's a real boxing match that's going to be an entertaining fight next week. But, again, nobody could be disappointed if they spent the money on the fight. It was well worth it. Gave you entertaining. If it would have went one or two rounds, everybody would have been complaining. But it went, gave you 10 rounds. And then McGregor hung in there for a few rounds, especially in the beginning. He was right in the fight in the beginning. And a couple of those judges, to me, were a little ridiculous. I mean, a couple of judges had it a little over the top. Like, you know, I mean, eight, like, you know, like they had him like seven, eight rounds to two or seven rounds to two. It, come on. It wasn't that bad. 
I'd say, listen, it wasn't one point either like Showtime had either. But I would say going through nine rounds, it was probably six three. I'd say going into the into the ninth round, you could even say five three one. I'd say six three most likely. And again, he wasn't going to lose that fight. He wasn't going to get outpointed for sure. I mean, McGregor would have to knock him out. Really, that was his only chance. But listen, gave a good effort. Nothing but. You can't. You can walk away from the fight, please, on both sides. Mayweather got his win, fifty and zero. He's happy. He goes off to retirement. McGregor, great showing. So an MMA fight now in December. He's coming back to fight. But if he wants to come back to boxing, if they want to, you know, he'll get another chance for a heavyweight a boxing fight, not a heavyweight fight, but a boxing fight if he wants to, because the money will be there now. Like, if a Manny Pacquiao wants to fight him, a money fight, it's going to have to be a name like that. But if a Pacquiao wants to fight him, that's something that could definitely happen. I personally think it'll be the same result. Pacquiao might even knock him out. But $100 $100 million. So, listen, who are we to tell these guys they can't make $100 million if they can? You know, why not? So... So great fight, good effort. McGregor, great job by Mayweather taking him out. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the few, obviously we know Mayweather is retiring now. We'll see if they offer another $200 million to fight him again. You never know. And uh, we'll see what the future holds for McGregor. One thing we do know is McGregor has signed to fight MMA, his next MMA fight in December 30th. So we'll see that. But after that, who knows? Does he, does he end up fighting Pacquiao? You know, the funny thing is Pacquiao pulled out of this fight against Horn, the rematch with Horn, and everybody was speculating he's pulling out to fight McGregor, but he's pulling out because he's he's in politics now, and he's Philippine, you know, this country is Philippines, so he's got a lot of stuff to do there with that. That's why he's pulling out of the fight, supposedly. So I actually, when I initially heard he's pulling out of the fight, I thought it was because of uh, the fight McGregor. I thought that was definitely... Definitely what with, uh, with, with that was. So, all right, so we touched on that. We hit some boxing there. I want to talk about quickly before I get into I'm going to do my NFL fantasy in a minute. But before I do that, I want to just talk about the Kyrie Urban trade finally completed. So second-round pick is all it took to get that deal finalized. And uh, it's everything else. It's a rollback that they were going to hold out for a one. They rolled it out for Jalen Brown. It's like a second-round pick. Obviously, Cleveland was worried about Isaiah Thomas's physical. So my take on this trade is one, Cleveland got a lot, especially if Isaiah health comes back healthy, and Cleveland really got a lot in this trade. And then you got, you know, you get Isaiah Thomas, who's the best fourth quarter player in the league. Obviously, I'd rather have Irvin than Isaiah. You throw in Jay Crowder, you throw in Zizek, who's you know a project center, but you throw in that next first round pick, which could be the top three pick next year. And Cleveland didn't do bad here, you know. Plus, you have a guy who didn't want to be there. Why he would want to leave LeBron James is beyond me. I mean, LeBron James made him a winner. But then he says he hasn't spoken to LeBron since he requested a trade, so that tells you a lot. And then he had nothing but praise LeBron and saying, oh, it has nothing to do with anything but me wanting to do my own thing. You know, so if you wanted to be your own star, why are you going to the Celtics then? Should have went to Phoenix or somewhere like that. Celtics are loaded too. Celtics have Gordon Hayward. Celtics have Hawkins. You know, Celtics, Celtics have got a loaded roster, too. 
Jalen Brown. I mean, all these guys, smart. So why why is all you know why is Boston the spot now for you to be a player? You're not going to get all. You're not going to be the man. I mean, yeah, you might be the man as far as running a point, but they got other great players that you got to get the ball to as well. It ain't like you're going to go. This makes no sense. Cleveland and Cleveland and Boston is going to be some matchup now this year. I don't think Boston could beat Cleveland. You think LeBron ain't going to be extra motivated now facing Boston? It'll be like a freight train against Boston now. And I, you don't think Isaiah wants to stick it to Boston now either? And Crowder, who's a great defender, now they're going to stick him on like Haywood? Or Banyan Horsett even? And you still have Love? You know, so, you know. I don't think Boston. I still don't think Boston is better than Cleveland. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But they play open at night, which should be interesting as well. But if you tell me, if you think LeBron James ain't going to be extra motivated like a freight train to beat Boston now, even more, you're crazy because we all know how LeBron is. And plus, they they help you know they set themselves up. Whatever if LeBron decides to leave, they got that lottery pick. Now that next pick, that can help him. Now there's a lot of speculation with LeBron leave after this year. Now people are saying they're not so sure. Last last few months, people saying you know they think he's going to the Lakers, blah blah blah. But now people are saying they're not so sure he's leaving. And I'm not so sure either. I mean, I think there's a chance, but I, you know, one, it's not a good look for him if he leaves again. I, I wouldn't be a fan of him leaving again. Stay where you are. Build what you got. You got to, you know have some good young players. You got love there. You got Isaiah, maybe they keep Isaiah. If he's healthy, I'm sure they'll keep Isaiah. They still got all the play, great role players around you. Now you set up a, a nice lottery pick, so it makes sense, but who knows what's going from these guys' minds. These guys decide they want to play with their friends tomorrow and they leave, so you, you don't know what, what they're going to do. So we'll see. But to me, I, I don't think Kyrie made it, especially when Kyrie, you know, you're looking at a guy who came out and said that LeBron left, I'll never leave Cleveland like he did, you know, he requested a trade three years later. So, what's that tell you about Kyrie Irving? I don't know. So, we'll see what happens there. But now, let's get into some quick, uh, I'm going to do some fantasy football. <laughs> Rankings. We're going to talk some football if anybody wants to talk. And, uh, you know, talk some football now. We're, you know, we're, obviously, we'll talk about anything you call in. You want to talk about baseball. You want to talk about the fight. You want to talk about the NBA. Obviously, we, as we always, we adjust. But right now, I am talking football. And uh, let's, you know, let's, let's hit some rankings here. So we're looking at some quarterbacks. Let's, let's look at quarterbacks first. Obviously, Rogers is number one to me. Obviously, you know, the first three, Rodgers, Brady, and then Breeze, to me, are the top three. I think it's a no-brainer. Rodgers, potential first-round pick in most leagues. 
Brady probably second round. Maybe some team stretch for him in the first. But first to second, first round Rodgers, second round Brady, I would think, in most leagues. And they have Breed, some, you know, second, third round pick. Most leagues probably go in the third round. And then, you know, I had a league. I was the other night. Matt Ryan was taken in the first round. Now, I don't think Ryan's a first round pick. Obviously, he had a great year last year. So to me, you know, it really, first of all, it depends on your scoring format. Like, I'm in a fantasy keeper league that quarterbacks have a lot of value, you know, where the completions count and, you know, every 25 yards passing counts and stuff like that. So, a league like that, quarterbacks obviously have more value than in just your standard roto league. But to me, I still, to me, I like Carr a lot. I like Derek Carr a lot. I think Oakland has a great offense. I, I'm not ready to sleep. I know I want to see how healthy he is, but Cam Newton could have a big bounce back game. Assuming he's healthy, Cam Newton's a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Obviously, you got to like Russell Wilson. you got to like Roethlisberger. you got to like Rivers. you got to like Stafford. And then you have Winston and Mariota. Where do you put them? You could put them somewhere in the 7-8 range, either one of them. I mean, you could put them arguably ahead of a Prescott and a Rivers. You know, to me, Rivers is going to have a good year. I, I like Rivers a lot this year. So we'll see. What it, I mean, Rivers, obviously, is a stat machine. I mean, the guy, you know, he gets yardage, he gets completions. Again, it depends on your standard of your league. Stafford's another guy. There's some really good weapons. Dalton is a guy, another guy with a lot of weapons this year. But then you look at guys like Eli, Wentz, Palmer, guys like that in the, in the next tier. But I'd say my top tier, obviously, to me, Rodgers and Brady are my top two, and Breeze is right there. So if you put the three in a top tier, it would be Rodgers, Brady, Breeze. Then my next tier would be Ryan, Carr, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, assuming he's healthy, Andrew Luck, if he's healthy. There's another guy we need to mention, but Luck, another guy – we don't know what's going on, so I can't put Luck up there right now without knowing when he's coming back. But obviously, Luck's a guy you can maybe get a little later who can end up paying big dividends for you if he comes back healthy. So Luck's a guy you kind of draft if he's there in the right spot where you can afford to pick a, a, a quarterback and sit him on the bench. And, you know, so we'll see what happens then. And you look at a team like, obviously, Mariota, who's, Runs and passes, has plenty of weapons. Winston, who's loaded, Tampa Bay's loaded on offense with Evans and Deshaun Jackson and obviously O.J. Howard, who they drafted. And they'll get Doug Martin back a couple weeks into the season. So Winston's another guy. I mean, I like Winston a lot. I kind of put him on the borderline. Him and Marietta, borderline second to third tier. Because I want to see them do it over a full season before I put them in the mix. You got Kirk Cousins as well. So I'd say after the top three, you got guys like Ryan Wilson, Derek Carr, Cam Newton, if he's healthy, Roethlisberger, who knows going to put up big numbers, and, and then and, and I'd say Rivers. And then you got Marietta, Winston, Cousins, Prescott, Stafford. And Stafford could even be a second tier if, if all things break right. Because Stafford, listen, Stafford, now is the highest paid quarterback in the league. Stafford is another guy with a lot of weapons offensively. And then Dalton, Manning, Wentz, Palmer on the next level of guys. I'm not ready to put any of those other the young guys up there yet. Flacco's probably on that last level right below those guys as well. And uh, maybe Cutler, if he's 
Miami's offensive line holds up because Miami's got a lot of weapons for him too. But these are guys you're probably not going to have on your starting fantasy. See, most leagues are 12 team, 12 team leagues. So if I had to pick 12, I'm picking Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Ryan, Wilson, Carr, Mariota, Winston, Newton, Roethlisberger, and Rivers and Stafford. Those would be like the guys. And then, you know, Cousin, Luck. Luck is another guy. Like, Luck's a wild card. It's like, how much of a chance do you take on Andrew Luck? You know, I have Luck in one of my leagues, but as right now he's on my bench. I have Stafford and Luck. So, there, so there you have, like, a combination. We have Stafford to hold off, and if, well, hopefully Luck comes back healthy. If not, at least I have Stafford to fall back on. So it's not a bad fallback option to have. So it really all depends on uh, – and I know we got have lost as far as my start. Just to show you, I'm not, I haven't jumped on a quarterback early in any of my drafts. You know, if you're not going to get Rodgers or Brady or Brees, you might as well wait because after that, any one of those guys can have the better year. You don't even know who's going to have the better year out of those guys. It's kind of a, a crapshoot at that point. You know, all the second, third tier guys are pretty close together. That's just quarterbacks. Then looking at running backs, obviously, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell are going 1-2 in most leagues, in just about every league. Elliott's the guy, again, with the suspension going to be. Kind of draft the other day, I picked 10th, and I got Elliott with one of my two in a row. It was a 10-team league. I took Mike Evans and Elliott at 10 and 11. And, you know, Elliott's suspension is going to get cut to probably three or four games. So if you get Elliott, if you can get Elliott late in the first round, early second, it's probably a steal there. Because he is going to be back, and it's worth waiting a couple of games for a guy like that. So we got Bell, you got Johnson, Bell, and Elliott. And after that, again, you start falling into that question after that. A lot of people have McCoy. I personally am scared of petrified of McCoy just because of injury history and Buffalo's uncertainty right now, training all their players. And I wouldn't, McCoy would not be my fourth running back. Personally, I like a lot. I like Melvin Gordon a lot. I think Gordon and Freeman. I mean, Freeman with touchdown machine. So I would have them up there and then Ajaye as well. Then I would have McCoy in that mix there. You also got DeMarco Murray up there. You got Jordan Howard. I think Todd Gurley has a big bounce back here. I like Gurley a lot this year. I think Gurley's a guy who can bounce back this year. I think the Rams, and, you know, adding walk-ins helps Gurley a lot as well. Now they have the outside threat to open things up for Gurley, so I like Gurley a lot. Then you look, you have – I'm going to get into all the young players who are good as well. You have plenty of good rookies. But you have Lamar Miller, who I like. I think he can do good. You have – Marshawn Lynch in Oakland, who could do well. You have Carlos Hyde. You have all these guys, Ty Montgomery, Amir Abdullah. You have a lot, plenty of starting running backs. Then you go through the kids. And you have Leonard Fournette. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have, you have Dalvin Cook. You have Joe Mixon. And you have Kareem Hunt. You have five legitimate rookie running backs here. They're all starting. So, you know, who, who, where do you put – who do you put where is the question. It really depends who you like. Fournette, to me, is a beast. He scares me. He gets a little hurt. He's injury-prone. He gets, you know, a lot of nagging injuries. But the talent is undeniable. And he's in a good spot in Jacksonville. Dalvin Cook, who I think all around could be the best out of the bunch eventually. 
But, you know, is Minnesota going to work other guys in there? Is McKinnon going to get a lot of carries? So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. DeCaffrey looks like he's going to be the complete workhorse in Carolina. And he's catching a lot of passes. So there's another guy who can have a big fantasy value. Joe Mixon, who if it wasn't for his off-the-field issues, would have been a first-round pick for sure. Was as much talent, but again, crowded backfield. Jeremy Hill, Bernard, they're going to get touches. So, how many touches is Mixon going to get a year? Is the question. You know, if he jumps, if he grabs the job and runs with it, obviously he's going to get a lot more. Kareem Hunt now in Kansas City, obviously Spencer Ware out for the year. Kareem Hunt's going to be the man right now. I know Kansas City's looking for a veteran. Forte's name's come up, but nothing's going on there right now. So, Kareem Hunt is the guy there, and he's impressed Andy Reid. Enough that he's the every down back in Kansas City right now. Look at some other guys, PPR. You know, Isaiah Crowell is going to do it. Believe it or not, I like Bilal Powell and PPR. The guy, the guy catch, catch seven or eight passes a week. If you're in a PPR league, Bilal Powell is a nice pickup. He really is. And then, you know, I think Adrian Peterson could do it. You have the Ingram-Peterson combo there. That's the problem is how many touches is Peterson going to get. Peterson's the type of guy, if he starts – you know, he could take a job at Roman at Peterson. So if he gets like go, go a couple of his big runs, all of a sudden Peterson started running back there. So don't be surprised if that happens. Obviously, if you want a handcuff, McFadden for Elliott. Well, Elliott's out. McFadden's a nice little pick for a couple of weeks until Elliott comes back. If you have Elliott, you probably want to draft McFadden. C.J. Anderson starting in Denver. So obviously he's going to get he's going to get pounds, especially in the red zone. You know, Doug Martin, another guy, he's going to come back a couple of weeks into the season. So he's a guy who grabbed a little late and hoped for the best. You know, I personally like Hyde. I know there's a lot of questions as to how he's going to run in the new zone run scheme that Shanahan has. But I think he's actually shown himself pretty well in the preseason. So we'll see what happens there. And Lynch, a guy like Lynch has dropped down a lot. So Lynch is a guy, you know, especially touchdowns, you got to keep an eye on. Then, you know, you have some other guys, you know, some, some guys that could fill it, you know, Delilcy in New England. You know, guys like that, New England loves guys like that. So he's going to get a lot of like Tevin Coleman in Atlanta, Derek Henry in Tennessee. These are all guys to keep an eye on. Then you have some other starters going late, like Frank Gore, Paul Perkins, you know, Legarius Blunt. You know, guys like this who could do well. Thomas Rolls in Seattle. Obviously, Eddie Lacy is completely falling off the map at this point. And I guess that's what happens when you don't win. A couple of years ago, this guy was a top two pick, and now he's pretty much off the map. So it's pretty amazing. But you look at it, Johnson, Bell, and Elliott, and I think you have, like, Gordon, Freeman, Ajayi, DeMarco Murray, McCoy, Gurley, Howard, and then obviously all the rookies are in the mix, Fournette, Cook, Mixon, McCaffrey, and Hunt. And then you have your, uh, your next tier of, like, well, I wouldn't say next year. I would put this on the same thing. Lamar Miller, Hyde, Lynch, and Montgomery. Miller's another guy. Last year was a top five, seven, five to seven pick in a lot of drafts. So, you know, so personally, if I'm looking for a value guy that maybe you can get a little later, I, I really, honestly, I like the guy you might be able to get a little later is like a Hyde and uh, a guy like that. I mean, most of these other guys are going to go over the first two rounds, you would think. Some may last to the third, but most, you know, most guys are going to go pretty much into, into the second or third round, most of these guys. So, so now we're looking at some wide receivers. Obviously, 
Brown, Julio Brown, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Beckham are the top three. Then you have Evans and A.J. Green. To me, those are the top five no matter what. Any way you look at it, those are the top five receivers. Brown, Jones, Beckham, Evans, Green. That's my top five, without a doubt. Then you look, you have plenty, I mean, receivers are so deep. You have so many good receivers in the league. You got guys Michael Thomas, Jordy Nelson, Brandon Cooks, Des Bryant, who I think Des is going to have a big bounce back year. Amari Cooper, who I love a lot, going to have a big year. Doug Baldwin, Keenan Allen coming back from injury. Can he stay healthy this year? You know, Hilton, T.Y. Hilton's a question just because of luck. We've got to see what happens with luck there. DeAndre Hopkins is coming off a bad year. Now, here's a value pick. I think a guy like DeAndre Hopkins can really bounce back this year. It's a nice value pick. Demarius Thomas I like a lot. Obviously, Olshawn Jeffrey now with Wentz in Philly. I think Kelvin Benjamin, a second year back from the injury, can have a big year. You know, look at guys like Crabtree, Devontae Adams. Martavius Bryant now in Pittsburgh can have a big year. Jarvis Landry in Miami, who I like a lot. I love Devontae Parker in Miami this year. Allen Robinson, Larry Fitzgerald. There's just so many wide receivers. It's like crazy. Randall Cobb. Sammy Watkins now in his new spot. Willie Sneed, who got suspended three games, just a little something to throw out there. I love the rookie Corey David. Corey Coleman in Cleveland, I like a lot. Then you have the guys, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones in Detroit. There's so much, there's so many receivers that it, it's like, it's actually crazy, the receiver market. But I would say my top, like I said, the top five, Brown, Jones, Beckham, Evans, Green. Then the next tier, Nelson, Thomas, Dez, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Doug Baldwin, DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas. Keenan Allen, I'm going to put on the third level just because of his injury history, but he could very easily be higher tier if he's healthy. Terrell Pryor, T.Y. Hilton again, Alshon Jeffrey, Kelvin Benjamin, Crabtree, Devontae Adams, Golden Tate, all these guys, worthy Jarvis Landry. All these guys love pick. Brandon Marshall's another guy. If he's healthy, he can get some touchdowns. Another guy who seems to be going very late in drafts. All of a sudden, his stock has dropped dramatically, but he could still be a nice value pick is Jeremy Macklin. And Randall Cobb, another guy who's going late in fantasy drafts, could be a nice value pick. But if you're looking for like kind of like a, a guy who's maybe ready to bust out, I'd say guys like Martavis Bryant in Pittsburgh is a nice guy. And Devontae Parker in Miami. These are two guys to keep an eye on that could really have bust out years this year. So I would definitely keep an eye on them. And again, I like Corey Davis on Tennessee a lot. So we'll see what happens with him there. Tight ends. Obviously, you got Gronk. Gronk, Kelsey, Greg Olson, Jordan Reed, and Jimmy Graham. But I like Gronk. I think it's Gronk and Kelsey. And then I'd say Jordan Reed because of his injury history. If he could stay healthy, Colson, Jimmy Graham, I think, bounces back in a big way. He did come on strong last year at the end, so I could definitely see that after that. But you got Ifid, you got Zach Urch, you got Delaney Walker, Kyle Rudolph. I like Hunter Henry a lot. I think Henry could be a guy to keep an eye on. Rivers loves the tight end. Looks like Gates is going to take more of a reserve role there. O.J. Howard in Tampa, I like to maybe. Busting. Julius Thomas in Miami, keep an eye on that. He had a great year on the Gase in Denver. Evan Ingram with the Giants is a guy to keep an eye on. Charles Clay is always to keep an eye on that. But after that, I mean, after your top, you know, after your top 10, Ebron in Detroit, I like. 
Martellus Bennett in Green Bay is definitely a guy to keep an eye on because we all know Rodgers loves the tight end. But you got like 12, 13 legitimate tight ends. After that, your backup tight end's not going to be that great. You know, you're looking at Kotowski, Kelsey, Olsen, Reed, Graham is five. Eifert, Ertz, Delaney Walker, that's eight. Kyle Rudolph, Bennett, Henry is 11. Ebron, 12. You know, maybe that's what you're looking at as your starter. And then, you know, backups like Howard, Thomas, Ingram, guys like that. Austin Hooper in Atlanta, keep an eye on. Jason Witten's always a reliable backup, you know. So these are these are guys you just look at as backups. I mean, obviously, tight end's not as deep as these other positions. Chickens, we all know, is kind of a crapshoot. I mean, you have your Pascalski, Justin Tucker. I like Tucker as my number one guy. But you got Bryant, you got Bailey, Will Lutz in New Orleans, Janikowski's always reliable, Crosby, Vinatieri, Prater, you know, McManus, these guys, Santos, these are the guys. But, again, you don't get any, you know, after that, it's pretty much a crapshoot. You want to try to get a kicker. Really, you want to just try to get a kicker on a good high-scoring team. So you're going to get a lot of opportunities, whether it's field goals. I like Tucker because Baltimore always gets a lot of field goals, and he hits like 50 yards. Obviously, Guskowski on New England, Brian on Atlanta. These are all high-scoring teams. Bailey's always reliable as well on Dallas for some points. So, defenses. To me, the top defenses are Denver, Seattle, and Houston. They're by far the three best defenses. You know, how early do you go defense in one of those leagues? I actually play both regular defense and IDP leagues. But how high do you go? Some teams wait to the end for defenses. Some teams try to grab one of these ones early. If not, they wait on it a little. But Denver, Seattle, and Houston are definitely the three best fantasy defenses. You have teams, then you have teams like Arizona, Kansas City, New England, the Giants, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, probably maybe Carolina in that next mix. And then you have like Philly, Baltimore, Atlanta. The Rams actually have a decent defense. And, uh, you know, Miami, maybe, you know, Tampa, you know. But other than that, you know, and Miami, like I said, Miami, they're more for like stacks. They'll get stacks. But they may give up some points because you know the secondary is a question. So it's tough. But again, defense is kind of like kickers. You got like a handful of good ones, and then you pretty much roll on the dice. But doesn't mean you're not going to get points out of your defense. You can get plenty of points out of your defense if you could pick up defense later, and they have you know they can get you points depending on your scoring system. So I'm just looking quick at some young players around the league that I like. I like obviously Fournette. I love Corey Davis. You heard me say that. McCaffrey, Mixon. I like Mike Williams if he could get stay healthy with, with the charges. Obviously, Delvin Cook, we mentioned. I mean, I'm trying to name some guys I didn't mention. I like uh, I like Samaja Perrine. And these are just young players. John Ross from Cincinnati. Not necessarily rookie. Some of these guys. Zay Jones on Buffalo, I like. Let me see who else do I like here. Yeah, a guy to keep an eye on, Mullen Mack in Indianapolis. If something happens to Gore, that's a guy to definitely keep an eye on, Mullen Mack. I like a lot there. But Dante Foreman in Houston, although he came in overweight. Evan Ingram with the Giants is a guy to keep an eye on. I see David Njoku on Cleveland, the tight end from Miami. 
these are all guys to just keep an eye on. I mean, obviously, we don't know what rookies. Anything could happen with rookies. And then just some IDP stuff. You know, defensive line, my first year, like Watt, J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, Fosa. Yeah, boy, I think Clowney. I think Clowney qualifies for uh, for line now this year as well. Pierre Paul, Daniel Hunter. They have guys like Olivier Vernon, Aaron Donald, Muhammad Wilkerson, uh, Cameron Wake, Calais Campbell. So many. There's so many linemen you could pick. I mean, obviously, after your top tier, they're all pretty much the same. You're going to roll the dice. I hope some of these guys have have uh, good years. You know, then you have your young guys, obviously Barnett from Philly, Garrett from Cleveland. How high are you on these guys to come right in? And, and uh, you know, obviously they had, uh, Barnett had a great preseason. So that's some, some linemen, some linebackers, obviously Keekly, Bobby Wagner, Juan Alexander. I like Ogletree. I like Shazier. I like Levante David to bounce back. Obviously, Navarro Bowman, Sean Lee, if he's healthy, is another guy who never can't stay healthy. C.J. Mosley, Calvin Smith, Christian Kirksley on Cleveland, I think, to do the Deion Jones on Atlanta. Terrell Freeman, Verflick, the suspension is going to drop him down in some lists. But he's a guy, you know, who could actually do it. Now, it's guy I didn't even mention who I have one of the top guys, but also depends on your score. So, obviously, Von Miller, to me, is one of the top linebackers in the league because of the sacks count. So, sacks, again, sacks, obviously, you want Von Miller on your team. Dick Beasley is another guy. Sacks is a big part, you know. I know some teams, some leagues play with certain positions, certain categories. I'm in a league where everything counts because to every defensive player. So if you can get sacks from any position, even from the secondary, that that's big for you. Sitting the DBs, Landon Collins, Keenan O'Neill, Rashad Jones, Harrison Smith, Barry Church, Tony Jefferson, Morgan Burnett, all these guys, Cyprian, Clinton Dix, Eric Berry, Cam Chancellor, Tony Vaccaro, all these guys. You know, then you have the Honey Badger, you know, he you know, gets turnovers. So guys like Peterson, Sherman, they don't really get a lot of fans. They're not – if you're getting past defense count, you, you'd go with them. But the guys like that, they don't get thrown at. So if you're not getting thrown at, Marcus Peters, guys like that, you're not going to have value because you're not going to get many tackles if nobody's throwing at you. Earl Thomas is a guy who slipped in most leagues as well because he's like Chancellor's become the better fantasy guy than Earl Thomas lately. So – that that's another thing to keep an eye on. But it was just a little quick uh, fantasy fantasy football ranking. Obviously, I'd love to talk some fantasy football. People want to call in and talk some fantasy. And uh, we're going to be talking some football for a while. And we're going to get back to some fantasy. We're going to talk a little more fantasy as well. But right now, we've got a call, so we're going to take the phone call from our man, the man, the myth. The legend, as we call him.
Dr. Eddie, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Mojo. Good morning. Really, really good. Today? Really good analysis on the NFL. Your fantasy thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very, very interesting. I want to kind of keep on football because I kind of felt when you were talking about baseball a little earlier and Syndergaard coming back, it gets you angry. Yeah. I don't want to get angry about that because it's just yeah. when you said that he might come back this season, it's just you tap your head and you're like, what are they thinking? The season's garbage. It means nothing. Leave him for next year. Scrap that. Scrap this year. You played the perfect song for them. It's over. It's, it's, yeah. There's nothing. There's no nothing point. to look at. The the mode the Mets should be in right now is what are we doing for next year? They need to jump into that mode right now, and you don't need Syndergaard back this year. You want him back next year. Get getting next makes, year's that mode. Makes Mets. absolutely no sense, Alan. None, none whatsoever, other than having him hurt again next year. Their, their focus should be their off-season training, made everything go wrong with the injuries, and uh, how do we prevent that from happening next season? And then who do we need to sign with all the money coming off the books? And that's it. That's all the Mets should be thinking about right now. There's no that's point in him playing. And what are they finally going to do with David Wright? That's the last. And that answer's right there in front of their face. He and the team have to accept it and and move on. Yeah, they they seem yeah. to not be able to to hit that realization. No, yeah, it's reality. You're never going to get a full season from him. If it, I, I don't have a problem with him coming back, playing a game, retiring as a player instead of an injured guy for a couple of years, but to even pretend he's going to be a, the starting third baseman and be effective with any regularity, it, it's. Nice that they think that, but it's too much to ask of anybody. It's yeah, and, and you know, and you know, the Mets are kind of got their hands tied because I'm sure the Mets would love for him to retire. He's just—it's it, really up to him, right? I mean, they can't force him. Yeah, I, hopefully one day we'll see the headline: Wright makes the right decision for the team, retires. But and if they <laughs> want to do anything with him with the organization, he's a fine person, fine player. You know, keep him in the organization. I have no problem with that. You know, I think he can help in other ways, but he's not going to help as a starting third baseman. Agreed. It's just a lingering I have no problem keeping him in the organization. Yeah, he's a great guy in the dugout. He's a great example for younger players coming up. Great role role model, which a lot of players are not. There's reasons to keep him in the organization if if he wants that. You know, you don't toss your face at a franchise unless they want to retire and go away. I don't think it's just—it's a miserable organization, Al. they're—they're highlighting it this year more than more than others. Other years, there was no hope. You knew they were bad going in. This year started with a lot of hope. A lot went wrong. Injuries. A lot went wrong. Coaching. um, A lot went wrong in not bringing up their two best players, like the Pillsbury Doughboy uh, analysis on Dominic (laughs) Smith. I mean, he looks fine, but he does look fat. There's, you know, no way yeah. around it. Not for that a young kid like that. For a young kid, he's just so young, right? Like, right. That that's the issue. If he was a little older, maybe he'll become a power player at some point. I, I like what I see from him. I, I won't take that, but uh, do something for him in the off season. Because I'm not a fan of slow players, guys that can't yeah. run bases. You can be heavy, just run the bases without pulling a muscle. You know, that way they always have to hold you up from third base because you're like a snail from third to home plate, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. Championship teams oh. maybe have one guy like that and not a team like that. Base to base, you know? Yeah. You know, it's another week. But, we see Rosario's fine. There's zero issues with him. Other than he's on a crappy team right now, but zero. Dominic, just the weight, but should have been playing. And then it's everything else they do wrong. And what they do in this off season, players that are available, if they go after him or not, tell them if they want to try to be a winning team or fall back into second and last place for the next three years. They're, they're right at that point. They can go either direction. Yep, it's up to them. They yeah. could bounce right back if they make the right moves. Yeah, absolutely. Get the certain players healthy. They're young. You know, hopefully Cespedes <clears throat> has a good season next year and doesn't spend it pulling his hamstrings, left one, right one, whatever. And and uh, get another hitter and decide what you want to do with Conforto. He's getting his surgery, yeah. What you know. Does that devalue him? If you're willing to get rid of him and try to pick up a stand, you know, who knows? It, it, hopefully it'll be a good off season and not just to like, I can't believe well, they're I think doing the what Mets they did. Take a move for a stand, and I don't think the Mets are going to take that money. That's the, you know. Yeah, true. They don't. They don't like to do that. But a guy in a team about as good as the Mets that's 50 home runs, you got to consider it. Oh, of course. I mean, why wouldn't you? Know, home run hitters. You could put Stanton with Cespedes in that lineup. It would be insane. Yeah. That, that's a tough two guys to get out in the order. You know, every single time around, both can kill you. Both get hot streaks. Um, either guy, either guy probably, can hit one out. On any, either guy can hit one out on any pitch, right? On any pitch and in any stadium. doesn't matter. There's no stadium big enough. No. For, for and they don't just hit, you don't just... He don't just hit them. He hits them way out. <laughs> yeah. He can throw the fences back at City Field. It won't really impact his home run. Yeah, no. I think he has some of the fur. Don't he have the furthest home run in City Field? And then Judge, until Judge hit it the other day, last week, yeah, Judge probably. hit that one off him. But I think Judge and Stan have the two, two longest homers in that in City Field. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, not, I don't think he's a Mets fan. I wouldn't think he's worth having on the roster. Right. Yeah. No. So yeah. Why, why should we trade for a guy like that? What do we need a guy like that for? Right. Like the fans <laughs> have to get in RBIs. He's not a bad outfielder. We got Juan Lagares. We don't need fans. We got Lagares. We got our fourth outfielder, <laughs> possibly being our everyday center fielder. They they love they love a platoon of Lagares and Nemo too much to get a stand. <laughs> I, I got that feeling. I, I'm not going to be shocked that that's the answer next year. But in center field, they're going to platoon those two. And I think you're going to see Don Oliver next year, unfortunately. Rod said. That this year was should have been he should have been done. This year should have been his last. His swan shot at it. Right. Hey, look, you either you know hit closer to 280 and 20 home runs and. Show us something. And my fans will say, okay, you really didn't do bad. But maybe a little better throwing to the bases, but still kind of an embarrassment. And nothing really much offensively. It's not like the pitchers had a lower ERAs because of his, you know, uh, working with them and his game calling. Everything kind of is still not where it should be with a catcher. Exactly. 
Yeah, the only pitching, I don't know if you noticed this, Ramos is the only guy who wants to throw what he wants to throw. And like, it, it's really noticeable. Fire to him too. Yeah, he right? shakes off Yeah, whether it's Darno or Pilecki, he knows what he wants to throw. And until the catcher agrees, he's not throwing a pitch. And that's make or break for a pitcher. But it shows he's got fire. That he's willing to have the game and the, the pitch call on him. And whether you like what he's doing or not, I think that's the right mentality. He's competing, you know, at least. Right. He's willing to compete. He's not going to throw what you would expect him to throw. I think that's clearly obvious. In the limited time that we've seen the guy, <clears throat> you know, they say it, any pitch at any time. And that's yeah. probably why he's in baseball, you know. Can't take it from him. But I actually like seeing it rather than the, the pitching staff we got. They just kind of concede to whatever the catcher calls. And if it's screwing up, they just keep screwing up. It's almost like you should know what you want to throw. You should know what you got going today and what, and what you don't have going. Once you're past the first, second inning, a pitcher knows, knows what he got. We saw that with Cologne for the longest. I'm seeing with Ramos, and he's young. Uh, the, the pitching staff got to grow up a little bit, too. Yeah, familiar, but he, you know, he's missed months, so we'll cut familiar a break here right now. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're gonna have the two of them on the roster. Is it a given? Familiar is the closer next year. Can Ramos? I guess he's gonna get first crack. He's gonna get first crack (laughs) just because he's you know already a Met and out of respect, he'll probably get first crack. But he's gonna have to perform because he's gonna have Ramos breathing right down his throat. If we have a real manager and he doesn't perform, he should have a Ramos breathing down his throat, and he should be fighting for that starting job and that competition between the two should be obvious to all Met fans. If we keep Collins and we just have loyalty to players that are stinking, then that won't well, happen. Well, if you, have a, if you have a new manager, he don't have loyalty to any of these guys. So, you know, right. he can but make the best players decisions. are in their spots. Yeah. So, Collins, to me, he's got to go. Collins has got to go. That's got to be the first move. I mean, that's clearly the first move to make is Collins. Yeah. We'll see. And that's the step to change. And and then from that, him and the training staff, that's the step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we see who we sign. They've already already said that the training staff staying. Mm-hmm. They don't see it. They don't blame the training staff. It's amazing. Years and years of this is going on, and they don't blame the trainers. Guys pulling hamstrings on bunts, running to first base. Pitchers, Walker, it has to be blamed. You fix one of Cespedes' legs, the other one gets hurt. And they can say what they want. The the only guy who really got hurt on the field was Ligaris. You know, yeah. bending his glove backwards, trying to catch a ball. Everyone else got hurt, swinging a bat, running, non-contact yeah. events. At least show me a replay where he slid and collided into somebody and he got hurt. And you know, man, he got hurt, but he was trying so hard, he ran into the wall. He just got hurt, swinging a bat. Yeah, if you get hurt, you get hurt playing the game hard, nobody will ever take that away from you, you know. Yeah, Len Dykstra, you know, era. Yeah. Kind of waiting for him to get yeah. hurt because of the way, his style of play. Now we get, we're watching someone get hurt just running around the bases. Can't slide. It's just too much wrong to say they're doing everything right. 
not coincidence. That's my Mets first. Mets baseball, Alan. Mets baseball is yeah. best. <laughs> it sure is. Now, can we jump to football before I get sick? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk some football. So, before we get going with the rest of the let's talk about some Pittsburgh Steelers stuff. Obviously, let me on Bell report the cancer. I'm sure you're happy with that, finally, right? Yes. Uh, is it clear if he signed a franchise tag or not? Uh, that's been unclear. Yeah, I think he, well, he has been... I think he, he has to, to play. Okay. So he's going to have to play. Right. But I guess maybe it's just a situation he didn't want to play in the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> and that might be it. And I'm not sure if they even wanted him to. I, they released now Davis, the guy they signed from the Chiefs. And Toussaint yeah. has kind of been their backup running back, third string, second string for a while. They released the both of them. So that would just make you think. Um. Bell's the guy. I, I'm not sure who his backup is exactly is going to be. It, that's a little bit of a question mark to me, and he's going to need one. You know, I I'm, love Bell, but until he plays 16 games, you got to have a backup. And yeah, that's the reality. Yeah, and I'm sure teams will be releasing people. You know, I'm, I'm well, today, excited. Today's the I, deadline at 4 o'clock. Say that again? Today's the deadline at 4 o'clock for, for cuts, oh, so there's going to be a lot of cuts today. Right. I mean, right now, their backup's James Conner right now. Conner, right. So we're going with a it, – you know, it, it's becoming an important draft. That's a rookie running back. He played okay. He got hurt in the preseason, I think, twice. Um, banged up, I would say. Not, nothing serious, but banged up enough they didn't want to keep playing him. And now look, he's he's the starting backup. Now, I'm, what do you, what do you make out of preseason football? They, you know, they if also you, cut if you bother, They also right, cut if you bother even bother even watching the games. You know, being a football fan, I watched all three of the Steelers preseasons game. I've seen very little to none of Ben and Brown and you know star players that you're hoping to take the team somewhere. So I do tend to look at it: who did they draft? How much playing time are they giving them? At what level of football are they playing? Might they be a starter or get a lot of playing time during the season? How good was their draft pick? Their draft overall. You know, and their first pick, T.J. Watt, and it should be exciting. I'll say December 25th, come Christmas, the Steels are playing the Texans. You have T.J. Watt and J.J. Watt on the field, same time, going against each other. It's something a little excited about. See, see how that game goes. Down the road, T.J. Watt, probably going to be a starter, but he's James Harrison's position. So I'm expecting time split. Yeah. He had a really good camp. You know, he's not his brother. As long as they don't put that expectation on him and let him play and develop as where he is as a player, I think he's going to be fine. There's nothing super negative in the preseason. I think he could be outrun by fast running backs, take it to the outside if there's a weakness. That's what I see in in his weakness. But a guy that got fired for the game. Then it's nice to see Bryant's back. Yeah, Bryant's fully reinstated. Yeah. So that's how he's going to him on the other side of Brown. That's huge. You never know. Yeah, and then you look at, obviously, the Joe Hayden trade. So I'm sure you're happy about that. You get another 
corner in there, veteran corner, former pro bowler. You also got to be happy about that as well. Yeah, I mean, last year it was Burns, a rookie they drafted, and he kind of worked his way into the starting corner. They've been battling with guys for the other side. You know, who's going to get it? Um, no one's been a star. We've had guys that have been good at zone, but not man for man. I know this year they're looking to be able to mix that up better, and they want corners that can do both as opposed to better at one than the other, and that's been the problem with the whole competition. You know, they drafted two corners, and then you go out and sign Hayden. So I, w- I would have to say they know there's a weakness there. On the defense, it's clear last season in the passing yards they gave up. Well, you never have enough corners, especially when, especially when you're going to be facing, you know, hoping face Brady in the playoffs and stuff. You know, you never have enough secondary out there. You know, so you always want to yeah. blow, blow when you look at secondary. Who are you going to be playing in the, in the postseason? I would. The Patriots definitely going to be there. The Raiders throw the ball a lot. I think they're going to be there. And if your weakness is cornerbacks Chiefs. and Chiefs. Yeah, you're not. Well, the Chiefs ain't a big passing team, but they still, you know, they'll be dangerous team. Yeah. Hey, hey, Al, we got a little surprise here joining us right here. Sal, what's going on? Hey, Ann, how you doing, buddy? How you doing? Hey, Sal. Al was on the line, too. I know, I was enjoying Alan. I like his analysis. Actually, the best thing about J.J. Watts, though, is the money he raised for the uh, Houston storm disaster. Marshawn Lynch, too, so. 
Right. If he's got something left in the tank, I'd expect him to be able to kill some clock, not just be a shootout team, which is what they were becoming. Hey, we'll score 35 points a week, but our opponents are going to get 30, and it's going to come down to the whoever gets the ball last. I think that's the direction they were going, and bringing in Lynch can help solve that for them if he's you know, after a year off, if he's going to be anything what he was. Football's not easy. I don't think you could take a year off. But. Hey, Sal, fans are all happy. Sal, what do you think? How do you feel about your package? Uh, we'll be there. <laughs> I think they'll be just fine. I think they'll put a lot of points up on the board. Although I do wish we had a little bit more depth at running back. Uh, I think Bennett was a great pickup for them. I think, uh, you know, I think Roger is arguably the best quarterback in the game. And recently talking about, you know, is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback ever? So uh, I, I don't want to get into that debate. But I think the Packers, <laughs> back to your question, I think the Packers will be there in the end. I think we're, I think we'll make it to the NFC Championship game and either win or put up a good uh, showing, better than they did last year. Where, where are I they with wide receiving? Gordy Nelson and, like, who else? Did they add anybody? No, they got uh, Devontae so. Adams and Randall Cobb. I mean, they're stacked. They're stacked. Yeah, in the uh, right. And they added that. And, and, and like Sal added. said, they added Montellus Bennett at tight end. So they're, they're stacked offensively. Yeah, right. And then with, with that quarterback, you can expect something. Oh, absolutely, right? So, you know, you know, you know, they're going to put up a lot of points. That's for sure. Um, it's the defense, it's defense, on the defense. Well, the, the good thing is they they drafted secondary, right? They needed secondary. They've gotten some depth there. They, again, no surprise to anybody. I'm a big SEC fan, so plug uh, for Alabama tonight too. While we're at it. Um, but I would say big, that big game drafting, yeah, with them drafting SEC players, and I think they had a good secondary draft. I think they're going to be okay. I really do. You're going to see, you know, they'll have some depth there. It'll be young, but they'll have some depth. And they have a tough schedule, admittedly so. I mean, they open up tough, and they have a real, real, real difficult schedule. So I will say that about it. But you know, those will. We'll be there. Packer Nation will be there in the NFC final. So you got good safeties. You know, like you said, the second rest of the secondary is young. I like the kid they drafted, Kevin King. I think he could be a player down the road for them. And uh, you know, they need Clay Matthews to stay healthy, obviously, to get that pass rush. You know, but you know, I guess their yeah, linebackers well, too, right? Is, is the key. But they got Ahmed Brooks for cheap from San Francisco. That was a pretty good Move yeah, their linebackers, I think, are good. I think we're. I think they've got depth at linebackers, so I think we're cool there. I'm not worried about the linebackers. We're worried, as always, about the, our secondary. It's it's traditionally giving us has given us a problem, and they're going to be young, so that's not that's not any better for them. And that, that's like the same for the Steelers. You know, I've been worried about their secondary for the last few seasons. It gets addressed and it gets addressed slowly. The one thing I would have to say when you got you're saying you have a young kind of secondary coming up, you can't panic on how they do in the first eight games if you're winning. But giving up yards, it's really going to be as they progress in their system and their reads. 
how they start to finish coming into the second half of the season when they're not so much they're still rookies, but eight games under their belt, do they start performing better, covering better, giving up less points, and then you can really make a run for it, you know, if, if the talent's there. Le- learning a, a defense in the NFL, especially cornerback, with the talent that we see at wide receiver, it's not easy. You know, even if you're good to the Green Bay and for the Steelers, I'm going to look more where they're at in the second half of the season. Is somebody uh, just a disaster, or are they progressing, and you're going to really make a run at a Super Bowl? Yeah, and let's, and let's, let's also say, like anything, right? I mean, one game, a key player goes down, season's over. Yeah. You know, if you lose that one key player, you lose that Rodgers, you lose that Clark, you lose that Brady. You know, well, I mean, hey, what's what's going on with Ezekiel? Is Ezekiel going to play? Is he not going to play? And the four games, six games, I think Dallas is going to miss it. Yeah, it'd be a lot of pressure on Prescott now because – he played fine football, but when you have a guy doing what Ezekiel was doing, it's easier. But, but I, think yeah, I, it's, I think it gets cut in half. It probably gets down to three games, I think, Elliot. I think it's more than warranted. I, it, that's, don't get me wrong. I think he should. I think it should be, for what they said first, I think it should be six games. Roy Rice is out of the NFL because of it. So, well, by shortening it or getting yeah. rid of it, you're sending a bad precedent. You're going to angry. First of all, you're going to anger a lot of people. Right? I mean, you know. Yeah. You cut it too short. Yes. Hey, you and too I'm going to have to. What time are you going to talk any basketball? I'm going to hop and I'm going to get back on. Yeah, well, you could talk right now. You want to do basketball right now? Do basketball quick. I, I wanted to ask no, you no, about no. it anyway. Let, let you guys finish. I need I need 10 minutes to call back in or so. All right, call back in like 20 minutes. All right, buddy. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. All right. All right. Good analysis for Green Bay, right? Yeah, good analysis for Green Bay. Now we're going to get some more analysis while we're on the football talk. Magic Mike, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Hey, Mike, I want to start off before before we talk football. I want to start off and just send my condolences to you and your family. You know, if you lost your grandmother, I'm very sorry to hear, you know, everybody here, you know, Thoughts and prayers with you and your family. So definitely want to offer my condolences to you. Uh, thank you. All right. I you was know, unaware it, it of was that. A little, it was tough. Uh, you know, it was tough this week, you know, to say goodbye to my grandmother. But, uh, you know, we made it through and uh, we're doing good. Hey, by the way, just to start off, I like what Alan said about the Mets. And I wouldn't mind the Mets being the last and second place next year. That'd be cool. <laughs> So, it so might happen. Mike, we don't know. So, Mike, are you ready for football? I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready for football. I can't wait. I'm up to, going up to Buffalo uh, next Saturday. I'll be driving up, so I'll be listening to you uh, in the car. I can't wait. I'm excited. That's good. Hey, listen. The the bills, the new look bills we got now, right? Yeah, the bills are in big trouble. And so who's in worse trouble, the Bills or the Jets? What happened? Who's in worse trouble, the Bills or the Jets? Uh, probably, the, probably the Jets um, will be in worse trouble. Um, 
you know. But we'll see. I mean, listen, you know, this is why we play the game. Um, I'm glad that they uh, I'm glad that they came out and they talked about the situations that are going on. So so now there was rumors that they were trying to trade Tyrod and um they were trying to trade Shady but but they they doused the cold water on it and said it was just rumors, so that's good. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard rumors about both they'll probably hold on to him now. I think this will probably be Shady's last year in Buffalo though. If I had to guess. Well, you know, we'll see. I mean uh also, uh, Alan, you didn't talk about your GM. They extended him to 2020. Hey, I'm I'm happy everything's Steelers right now. Alan, you're not. You you don't even know what's going on with your team. Get out of here. You don't even know what's going on with your team. <laughs> no, not not a clue. Uh, Alan, Alan's uh, what do you call? Alan's running back just signed just signed a. Uh, a, what do you call a franchise thing? And he didn't even know about that. No, because <laughs> there was rumors when they when they asked him, he didn't answer, and that was like yeah. the whole issue with that. Like he would have to sign it to be back, but Mojo yeah. pointed out. But no, when he right. was leaving the yeah, area, yeah, he can't and play a game. He said he was still come back to dial back on it. So the the issue is that he kind of do this because he had to. Is this what he really wanted to do? I'm sure he wanted the the money he was asking for. I'm not. He's a great player. I'm not sure he deserves it. You know, I, I think as good as he is, the Seals have had a tradition of great running backs, and he will be replaced mm. with the draft. Hey, Bell, if you're listening, and... if you're listening, Le'Veon Bell, come to the Bills. I'll take you. Look, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell for McCoy. <laughs> I'll take him. You know, if you're a good running back, right, in this league, and you're above average talent, there's a lot of good running backs, but if you're one of the guys that are above average talent, the reality is there's certain franchises you're going to have a better career on. They're more um, adapt to, to running the football. They take it seriously. You're not going to get seven carries in a game. You, you know, you'll get your opportunity to shine. Giants, Steelers, there are franchises you want to sign mm-hmm. if you're a star running back. You leave, you're going to be good, but you, you may not have the dedication of the franchise for seven years because you're just always dedicated to it. You know, every team's a little different. Where if you're a star receiver, there's passing teams you want to be on. If you're a star running back, there are running yeah. teams you want to be on. Like so, if yeah. I'm him, I want to be here. He's he's made a name for himself in Pittsburgh. Fans love him. I just don't push it. You know, yeah, with any uh, town, he, his jersey, his jersey is one of the highest selling jerseys I heard. Look, I'm sure I love watching him play. I think fans that are not Pittsburgh fans, when you see him having a good game, you know, I'd like to see any player having a star game with star on the Ravens. You know, it's fun to watch him play. That That's the NFL, kind of what makes it different than other sports. You can appreciate talent on other teams and say, hey, this guy's a great player, regardless yeah. of what team they're on. When it comes to baseball, you know, you kind of focus on your team and they get mm-hmm. a handful of star I, players. I was, uh, I was kind of sad, uh, sad the other day because, um, you know, well, like I said, I was at my grandmother's wake, you know, and I'm wearing my Buffalo Bills, you know, beautiful shirt that I received. It's it's beautiful. I love it. And I'm wearing it, and, you know, a lot of people will come up to me, and they were like, where? I was a Miami Dolphins fan. I'm like, what do you mean, what? He's like, yo, that's it. I'm done. Miami lets these guys take a knee. That's it. During the national anthem. He says, I'm done. I said, you're really done? He goes, I'm not a fan no more. I can't watch the game like this. And I was like, 
I was like, holy cow. It was like since, you know, I was like, you know, I would, I would never, ever, ever give up on my team. I know what he's saying, but I can never do that. I, can, I can never root for A, another team. First Almost of all, I can never root for another team because I have a Buffalo Bill tattoo on my own. I guess he's not going to well, be a football fan because almost every team has a guy kneeling at yeah. this point. Well, Buffalo Bills, the by the way, are good. So Buffalo, said, you know let's go Buffalo. Said, right, Alan? Say again? Alan, you heard what James Harrison said, right? A guy, a guy yeah. better be on a wheelchair on my team if he's kneeling for the national anthem. No, I don't blame him. I, I don't blame him at all. I mean, you know, it, it's just a terrible situation. But like I said, if I wanted to watch politics, I would turn on. Um, I would turn on CNN, the fake news channel, CNN. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever, whatever it is for him, he 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 may call it whatever he wants. But at the end of the day, yeah. it's the Fox News or this news, and uh, and that's it. But um, but well, ESPN I, uh, is fake. ESPN is fake sports news at this point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they just yeah. ESPN had the best um, the best news at one time and the best everything at one time. It just uh. It's just crazy. But you, know, you don't what? need an ESPN anymore. You got NFL Network and MLB yeah. Network. All these other networks. You got every, you need you got every network. Right. They all made their own. They all created their own network out of something. And, uh, and you got the Mojo Sports Show. Yeah, Mojo Sports exactly. Show is very good. And then we have another show on the network that's good, another football show on Sundays. And uh, they're doing really good. They're unbelievable. We're we're rocking and we're rocking and rolling with football. We got football yeah. all over the place. Totally driven. And, yeah, and you that's know what it is. It's it's a weird thing, right? That you mix politics and sports, and when taking the knee when it's kind of just Kaepernick, it was unpopular, like to to many people. And I think we're seeing a transition as more players join in that it's going to become the popular thing to do. Maybe not for the fans, but I think the media is going to shove that down our throats. Hey, if they feel they should be doing this, they should be doing it. You want to protest police brutality, and that's where it started, right? Police going too far, arresting people, beating people. And nobody likes to put on the news and hear that. We've seen horrible cases of it. We know when it's real and, and that it's an issue. But taking the knee during the national anthem, is it, does that effectively protest police brutality? Or does mm-hmm. that seem to protest the country, the military, guys that are missing legs, you know, that can't need, uh, have been injured, burned, you know, willing to die for this country? You're protesting all that along with it. You're not just it, – it crossed – and this is how I personally see it. It crosses a protest line, but it doesn't effectively protest just police brutality. Right. If, I'm weigh, if I'm weighing it, police brutality or military, I think – Kneeling during the anthem really is away from protesting police brutality and seems to protest the nation in general. Well, that's we what Kaepernick said first. He was against the war. That's what Kaepernick did, and then then he started with the cops and everything. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I know in the Steelers we have offensive linemen, National Guard, Villanueva is his name, and, and the team all kind of stands behind him. They know mm-hmm. him personally. They know his personal experience with serving, and that's probably why it's not happening there. It would create an immediate riff in the locker room because you'd be disrespecting a player on the team. <clears throat> if you don't have a player on the team, and I'm glad to see Harrison's defending that because that's my personal view. You shouldn't be doing it. Not that you shouldn't protest, but you want to protest, but that's not the best platform. It just seems to come off wrong. 
I take a knee every time I pass McDonald's because I'm protesting them. They took away my dollar menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now they got the two for three dollar menu. Uh, I want my dollar menu back. I don't know about the two for three, you know. But but it, it just uh, it just boggles the mind how that could uh, how that could happen. And uh, you know, again, um, you know, again, this is the way it is. And uh, then some idiot caller on Mike and on I was just at Mike and Amanda on the Mike Francesa program called up, and then he says, uh, you know what? You know how to stop everybody from taking a knee. Stop playing the national anthem at games, and then you'll see. But this is only a problem in football. You never see this in any other sports. Francesca must have loved that when that guy said that. He must have loved oh, he called him an idiot. He called him an idiot. I, you know, you know, not for nothing. I love Mike, but I was watching this thing on YouTube where all the callers were calling up and saying stupid things to Mike. <laughs> And you know, Mike. And you know, Mike is like, uh, you know, you waited uh, two hours to say this to me on on hold. I always, I always used to like when people used to call up and kind of disrupt his his mood. Yeah, yeah, they just call up to do something stupid to annoy him. Hey, Mike, are you awake or did you fall asleep on the air? <laughs> yeah. Mike, how many diet Pepsi did you drink today? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Uh, yeah, Mike was. Mike was big. Yeah, Mike was big on, uh, on on that stuff. It's 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 amazing. But I I tell you though, football's back. We made it. Um, you know, everybody knows about the the football. We're we're back in in action. I can't wait to see how this shakes out. Um, I think the Bills are going to end up. Um, I think the Bills are going to end up probably in uh, in third place. I, I don't see. I think it's going to be uh, New England, the Dolphins, Bills, and then the Jets. Yeah, that's how I have it. So yeah, that's it. I mean, it, you know, I, I, and that's it. And if the Bills end up in third, I'll be happy because you know, um, there's nothing I could do. You know, what what are the Bills going to do? Get to the get to a wild card and then lose? I they thought Sal was gonna. Now, hey, man. by the way, I thought Sal was gonna pick the Packers to go all the way. I was gonna say, get out of here. The Packers definitely have a chance in the NFC to go. We'll see. I mean, everybody, every team has a chance, but we'll see. I mean, all right, that's the beauty of we haven't started the season yet. I mean, everyone's got no. a shot. And then, and then, and then how, the about, how about, so about we talk about? Like how about we talk about last right. week? How come? And this is the truth. How come people berate Mayweather when he has a record of fifty and zero? He never lost. He never been knocked out. And, and Best boxing saying, record all time. And people were saying, people were saying that he, that Mayweather was going to lose. I was like, Are you kidding me? This guy's a boxer. You know, the yeah. other guy's yeah, a no, fighter. Yeah. He was never going to lose that fight. I mean, you know, you've seen you've yeah, seen like a superior, superior boxer as the fight went on. People like to hate on him the way I like to hate on Brady. It's not just the same exact thing. Listen, no, people like there. to hate on Money Mayweather because of his his cockiness. Brady's not cocky. He just backs it up. You know, Brady, Tom Brady just goes goes uh 
goes forward with everything. And, and my condolences, Tom Brady, I'll tell you this right now, because I have a funny feeling, and this is the truth, that Tom Brady's going to be injured because Tom Brady's on the cover of uh, 2018. <laughs> the Madden Adam. Jinx? Call it the Madden Jinx. The Madden, that's right. You remember about the Madden, uh, Madden Jinx. Uh, what do you guys think about the fight? I was talking about it earlier. I just thought, I, you know, like I said, I thought, listen, McGregor gave a great effort. The fight went longer than anybody could have thought. I didn't think it was going to go 10 rounds. So it definitely was, you know, made, made it worth the money to spend on the fight. And I just think the better boxers, you know, prevailed. I mean, the better, you know, he warmed down. McGregor got gassed out. He ran out of gas. And, you know, at the last few rounds, he became a punching bag, you know, and I thought the ref stopped it the right way because he would have went through the ropes in another 10 seconds probably if they didn't stop it. So it kind of saved McGregor's face by not going down. And, I, you know, I, that's really what I thought. I just thought the better boxer, you know, rose to the surface, you know, when he had Well, you thought a, the a, boxer, you thought the boxer, the better boxer, because there's only one boxer in there. I mean, the other guy's a street fighter. I mean, you will see. Oh yeah, exactly. That's why. He's you know, a boxer, well, he, you know? he did. You know, he did. He did say some stupid things at the end, though. If you heard his press conference, he did say stupid things like, like you know, um, the referee, you know, stopped it. The other ref in UFC would have stopped it if uh, somebody's nose was was hanging off. That's when they stop it. I mean, you know, it, it's boxing. It it it's one's boxing. One's ultimate fighting, you know. And and I don't take anything away from McGregor. McGregor's king in UFC. The problem is, uh, oh, the other thing is I picked um, money to win, but I picked by um, decision. So I did think the fight was going to last. I thought it was going to go the yeah. distance. I just didn't think, like I said, I didn't think he was would last because I, he's not used to fighting that long, McGregor. And it, it was You're clear, right. he tied out. And when he was getting the hit at the end, he didn't know how to tie up. He didn't know how to move his head. Like, he was just the mm-hmm. – he was just there. And Mayweather is as accurate and precise as a puncher could be. He was just landing clean shots, you know. Right. So he had no and chance And McGregor was point. going for – I mean, not McGregor. The money was going for the knockout, something we haven't seen in years. You know, money – sometimes he doesn't go for the knockout. And uh, and how about that statistic how, that we heard about? McGregor landed more shots than Pacquiao did. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did. 31. 31, 31 more punches. So, yeah, That's 31. That's crazy. Um, I I loved, I, like I said, I loved it. The best part about the fight for me was, was not having to chunk out all that change. I was, I was able to see it on another platform, thank God. And just so you know, on a quick note, I just noticed, uh, so we were talking about it before, Alan, uh, Syndergaard pitched today, pitched one inning, two runs, both on earned, two strikeouts, 18 pitches, 13 for strikes. Mm-hmm. And so, and to run back to come back. Single, it's so single important line. right now. He's saying he wants to come back because he wants to compete in a meaningful game before, and not have 10 months next year come back with 10 months having not competed in a game. That's his reasoning. Do you, do you think pitching in one game and then taking 10 months off, like, yeah, do you think that really makes a difference in the long, in the grand scheme of he's things? A, no, right? He's, he's also saying he's been pain-free since June, but they wanted to play it safe. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, just, we, uh, heard about, uh, we heard about we heard about my thoughts on season was over in June. That's why. <laughs> I'm sorry. Know, go ahead, we Mike. heard we heard my thoughts on on the Buffalo Bills. We heard Alan's thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins? Well, there's, there's an interesting thought because you know I think the Dolphins have a lot of talent. I guess it's going to be how Cutler performs with them. I mean, he's looked good in the preseason, but we'll see. You know, he has a lot of weapons to work with, but is the line, does the O-line stay healthy enough for him so he don't take too much of a beating? And then on defense, how's the secondary going to hold up? Really, that's the key for me there. Their corners are a big factor. I think that if their corners can hold up, I think they, they'll win a lot of games. You know, they can win 11 games if they if they play good defense, secondary play. And Cutler, Cutler's, you know, I, I think Cutler will do fine. And he has a strong arm. He, he knows the system. He's looked well in the preseason. He has plenty of weapons. I mean, the receivers and the running back and the tight end, they got plenty of weapons. If the question is, you know, the long, offensive line is a big question. So, so the line and the second, to me, the biggest question mark is the O-line and the secondary. I think they could definitely make a wild card. Will they? It depends on, it really depends on the health, too, because you lose a couple more players. They've already lost some players. Obviously, they lost their quarterback. They lost their starting middle linebacker. So, you know, you keep losing guys, obviously, like Sal was saying. You lose some key guys. You know, they lost their starting quarterback. I think they were lucky to get a Cutler. You know, because without Cutler, I don't think they would have made the had a shot at the playoffs. So, I think that at least gives them a chance at the playoffs. So, I guess you know we got to wait and see. But they have talent. They do have a tough schedule though. But we'll hey, see. Hey, I, mean, I got I got a question for you, and this is direct direct to the division. You know, the Patriots, the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins. In in the uh, let's call it Brady era. Between now and he finally retires, right, which has got to happen eventually. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. Do you think any of those teams will actually win the division? Yes. Like, I can, they, can they catch up and beat the Patriots, you know, before Brady's done? Oh, before no. Before he's done, no. Probably going to be hard. Unless Brady really declines out of nowhere or gets hurt, you know. All right, yeah, if he gets hurt, I'm, I'm just saying eventually he declines. But while we're in the Brady era, any of these teams close enough, Brady what? Belichick era, let's call it that, to, to like really make a run at it? Because like the whole rest of the AFC's got the same problem. It is your teams are right there playing them twice a year, so it's double the problem if you want to look at it that way. It's, Mom, it's tough. Wait, point. I gotta I find my key. I don't know what I do with it. Well, the Jets, the Jets, and the Bills are both pretty much rebuilding right now, so. They're a couple of years away from really being serious at this point because they're rebuilding. And, right. you know, Miami's got a roster that can compete. They just, you know, they don't have Brady. Right? Brady, you know, well, Belichick. But I love Gase. Don't get me right. I love Gase. I'm a big Gase guy. He's turned this franchise around. He's made them, you know, given them a winning mentality already, you know, in two years, in right. a year that he's there, you know. But, we got to see. I mean, Brady's, you know, as long as Brady's there, I mean, it's hard to say anybody's going to beat them, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl again. I hope not, but <laughs> as I feel, I hope not. But the, well, Pittsburgh's not going to win it, and Buffalo's not going to win it. Miami sure is not going to win it, so come on. 
Uh, odds are it's them. Like well, Pittsburgh has to say it, though. Until they get beat. Pittsburgh has the talent to beat them in a playoff game. No, if everything goes right, Pittsburgh could definitely, you know, give them a, a tussle. They, they, to give them a run at it and make a game out of it, they're going to need every player healthy, not a banged-up Bell, not a suspended Bryant or Ben limping around. Like, if you're not 100%, you're done when you face that franchise. Your only hope would be they're not 100%. And that, and, that really, and that rarely happens. I mean, that's why the Patriots is, yeah, are... The team last year that won, they won the Super Bowl without even Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, would you say he's one of the most effective tight ends in the NFL? He's all right. And they, and they do it without him. He's all right. He's all right. At the end of the day, you have your receivers. At the end of the day, you have your receivers. A tight end is only as good as a, as a tight end is. You know, Gronk's okay, but... I don't know. Gronk, I think Gronk Keller inside the 20-yard line. Yeah, I mean, he's the go-to guy. He makes big plays. And now they also added Brandon Cooks. Right? I mean, so it's even like they're even more dangerous now. Yeah, they, they that's another thing New England does. They add all these um, these pieces together. And, uh, and they you know, draft they know so they're... well. They draft so well, too. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They're so smart. And... You know, Belichick is the brains of the team. Brady's the, you know, the Brady's the 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 weapon, the quarterback behind the the team, the running backs, the the wide receivers. They this is it. And you know what? And people that that doubt the the Patriots and say that the Patriots are going to, you know, be good this year. I've even heard people say Oakland was going to win the Super Bowl. I think Oakland's not even going to win the toilet bowl. They're not going to win anything either. Hey, look, only one team's going to win it, right? And it could be NFC or AFC team. But yeah, the right NFC, now, the NFC is not going to win it if the Patriots are in it. For for any team, the team you're looking at and saying, what do we need to be able to get there or win it? If you're an AFC to win it, if you're an NFC to win it, if you're in the AFC, what do we need to get to the Super Bowl? You better look at your matchups and your game plans with the Patriots. That that's you're gonna have to go through them. Yeah. Unless you get lucky and somebody beats them and you never play them. But if you're the Raiders, the Steelers, the Dolphins, teams that you know you think are going to be in the playoffs, as the year progresses, keep an eye on New England. Watch what they're doing. You're gonna have Um, to have a game plan for one game to beat them on any given Sunday mentality, because otherwise they're gonna go back exactly what we're thinking. They'll go back and they'll win it again. I I agree with you, Alan. Alan, any any uh any given Sunday, anybody could be beaten. I I agree with you. Yeah, they don't go undefeated all year, right? They're not. They don't go sixteen and zero every year. They lose some games. Oh yeah. But if you're not ready for them and prepared, they're good. They're coaching. Their game plan. It's all going to be there. You know, even if you fall behind terribly in the Super Bowl, the game plan to come back seems to be there. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I agree. I agree with you. I, I agree with you, Alan. Uh, you're right on the money with it. Um, you're, uh, they were dead you, in the water in the Super Bowl last year, right? Yeah, and then they yeah. came out they and shocked the world. You know, all the Jeff fans were going on Facebook and they were saying, you know, the my, you know, Patriots are done. Stick a fork in them, and what they do, they came back and surprised everybody. Well, the in a devastating fashion and played the second half like they did the first half, 
the talk right now would be how do they come back for it? Have we finally seen the end of the Brady era? But none of that happened, so they're still the top franchise. Yeah, that, that's uh, and that's and that's the key. Uh, you know, as long as as long as Brady's still breathing, and as long, long as he's still here and he's throwing the football, nobody's gonna beat them. I, I don't know. I, I don't see it happen. I, you know, when when the Patriots play Miami, I'll root for Miami because I love would love to see Miami beat them. Yeah. Listen, Miami always gives them a tough time. They do usually give them tough games. But yeah. uh, Miami, Miami gave us a tough time last year. We lost to you guys twice. Yeah. Well, we got to just keep on going um, forward. Hey, on one other note, before I hang up, I'm going to hang up, but one other note, UConn Huskies have Randy Etzel back. I love Etzel. I love Randy. There you go. Randy, right. the macho man, Etzel. I love him. He's a great guy, Etzel. Uh, he's unbelievable. The macho man. That's right, Randy. You got to put, you can't, you know, you know, I used to call Randy Johnson Randy Macho Man because, you know, you had the you had the Randy and then you had to add the Macho Man. It goes with anything, the Macho Man. Exactly, exactly. It goes with coffee, you know. It, he, he, he uh, you know. But, but, guys, I can't wait. Football, Thursday night, I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. Let's go, Chiefs. Let's, let's, and next let's week, the Chiefs NFL preview something. on the show next week. So. I'll be uh, I'll be listening. Uh, just if you see my number, let me listen until uh, let me listen until uh, what do you call it? you get me on, and then they have to put me back on hold because I'll be driving the Buffalo. I'll be shuffling off the Buffalo next week. There you go. We'll get a live report for you on your way from to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I'll be driving through tre- through <laughs> trees and stuff. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Mike. All right. All right, and uh, and Alan, uh, good luck. At least you got another team to fall back on because I know the Mets uh, they broke your heart this year. The heartbreak of Mets. Yeah, they were painful. <laughs> Not as painful right as the, the Braves. End. Not as painful <laughs> as the Braves. But yeah. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good day, hey, Mike. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. All right. Hello, Magic Mike. Very colorful, Magic Mike coming on giving his analysis as always. And uh, we've got about five minutes left in the show here. So, Alan, anything, wow, anything you want to yeah, – I'm only going to 11.30 today. Got base, we got baseball today. Right. Did you, uh, any, any of the falls here? So now the baseball's starting again. Did you have any uh, anything to add before we go? Uh, no, you know, hopefully we're, we're coming right into finally preseason's over. You know, every NFL fan for every NFL team – you're all O and O. We all got a shot. Stay healthy. Hopefully, we don't see bad injuries to anybody's team. No more quarterbacks going down, and all the things that go wrong. And NFL is a really tough sport. That's the bottom line with it. That's it really the, is the reality. Yeah, injuries happen and and uh, don't seem to happen to the Patriots. And when they do, they don't skip a beat. So let let every team you know have that same mentality, and hopefully somebody competes with them. You know, I would like to see the Dolphins. I would uh, feel a window since we don't tend to beat the Patriots. Is somebody in the division bumps them, and we can get to the Super Bowl yeah. without having to play them. And that could be the key for the whole AFC. A division rivalry, to me, is most likely who beats them. If a division yeah, rivalry so gets the wild card, yeah, 
that gives them the most, them the most, that knows them the best, right? Yeah, and not to say that win will launch that team to the Super Bowl, but certainly would have the confidence. But at least it opens the door to seeing a different team in the Super Bowl. Yeah, because we all yeah. want to see that. Nobody wants to see New England in there like that. <laughs> yeah, you, get, you reach the point. I give credit where credit is due, but I'm not a fan, and I don't like the franchise. And that's just how I, you know, stand with them and give credit. Yeah. You know, they're getting it done. They're an example to other teams on how to keep it going. But, like Mayweather, I'm sick of them. So. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> time, for, time for something new, as we say. Time for something new. Let it be the Dolphins. Let it be somebody come up, beat them, you know, hurt them a little bit. At least give us a peek on what to do on how to beat that franchise. It's going to come from a division team. Plays them tough and gives a game plan for maybe somebody else, something. Yeah. Well, they just keep rolling. That's the bottom line. That's it. That's all we could ask for. Well, next week we'll be doing the full football preview, so we'll definitely have you back on. As always, you're on every week anyway. You'll definitely be in the panel. We're gonna have a little. We're gonna have a little panel next week, you know, with Pete, Joe, you know, Khalif's gonna call in. So we're gonna do a little uh, football uh, roundtable next week. So that'll be a lot of fun. All right. Nice. All right, Mojo. I'm actually gonna be. I'm gonna be in your park near your park later on. I got a after baseball. I got a, a barbecue up in uh, Old Bridge today. Oh, okay. After the baseball? Yeah. Is the baseball in Overage? No, the baseball is in Hazlitt. Hazlitt, okay. But then we have, uh, and then later on, uh, Longview Road. Do you know where that is? Longview Road? Longview Road. Not 100% sure, no. Yeah, that's where I got to go. So, Longview Road, Old Bridge, New Jersey. 08857. Oh, that's yeah, very it's close. Not that far. I could take the yeah. street, which is nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, thanks as always, Alan. Great job as always. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll I'll see you. I'll speak to you during the week. I'll see you during the week. All right, great show as usual, Mojo. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You got it. Bye. Have a good one, Doctor A. Alan, always doing a great job. We did a lot of we did football, baseball, boxing with him. Magic Mike as well. Did football, baseball, boxing. So great job, Doctor A. As always, right on point with his analysis. And uh, next week, we look forward to doing a lot with the NFL preview. We're going to have a good time with that next week. We're going to do a lot of analysis next week as well. So, great job, guys. So, I have like a couple, two minutes left. Before I get off the air, I just wanted to run through today's big day, obviously, college football. Tonight, the Florida State, number three ranked Florida State at number one, Alabama. Huge game, obviously, in college football, you know, early season. Big, uh, you know, big matchup early on with a lot of, uh, a lot on the line, really, because you, you know, get that win tonight. Florida State wins this game; they'll be ranked number one. So big game tonight. Got a full schedule. The games today: Penn State at number five, Clemson at twelve o'clock. Akron at number six, Penn State at twelve o'clock. Maryland at number twenty-three, Texas at twelve o'clock. Bethune Cookman at number eighteen, Miami at twelve thirty. Uh, UTEP at number seven, Oklahoma at three thirty. Number eleven, Michigan at number seventeen, Florida at three thirty. Big game. Stony Brook at number nineteen, South Florida at four. West Western Michigan at number four, USC at five fifteen. Six fifteen, Appalachian State at number fifteen, Georgia. 
Seven ten Central Arkansas at number twenty Kansas State. Seven thirty Georgia Southern at number twelve Auburn. Seven thirty number sixteen Louisville at number at, at Purdue. Obviously eight o'clock number three Florida State at Alabama. Number one Alabama big game in Atlanta Georgia in Mercedes Benz Stadium Chick Fil A Chick Fil A kickoff game so it's a big game. BYU at number thirteen LSU BYU's one and zero already. Montana State at number 24, Washington State. And then you had some games last week, obviously, number 14, Stanford, 62-7 to over Rice. Get number 19, South Florida over San Jose State, 42-22. to Number two, Ohio State the other day on Thursday beat Indiana, 49-21. to As Richard Lago, 40-65 for, for 410 yards and three touchdowns. And J.K. Dobbins, as freshman, 29 carries, 181 yards. Big game. Oklahoma State, number 10 ranked, 59 to 24 over Tulsa. And then yesterday, Washington, number 8 Washington over Rockets, 30 to 14. Although Gus Edwards, former Hurricane for Rockets, 24 carries, 79 yards. And Wisconsin, 59 10, number 9 Wisconsin over Utah State. And then that's it. And tomorrow, number 22 West Virginia, number 21 Virginia Tech. And then Monday night, number 25, Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. So that, that's your college football for today. Great show today. Great job by everybody, all the listeners. Thanks for listening and calling in. Can't do it without you, as always. And uh, we look forward to next week's NFL season preview. The NFL kickoff Thursday night, Kansas City and New England. Look forward to that game. We're going to analyze and break down that game on on Saturday's show, talk about, you know, whether, you know, give all the stats and, you know, post game on that as well, as well as preview in the coming season. So it's going to be a great show next week. Everybody listening, we'll be back at 10 o'clock next week. And to everybody, I want everybody to enjoy your weekend and we'll be back next week.